Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the bestoffprods.com comic book podcast. As always, I'm dead. Joining today, we have Birdie. Bleh. And Nico. Fresh out of rehab. <laughs> yeah, we got him sobered up, had him, had him handcuffed to a radiator all weekend. <laughs> but yeah. he's clean, we got him in meetings. Yeah, I made it all, I made it to the other side, folks. I'm here. I'm here to record. Yeah. I'm in the building. <laughs> and so, just going forward, I would like to apologize to everybody for, hopefully you can hear it, this. I just turned on my fan because it is getting hot here. Yes. It went from five degrees to 25 degrees over the course of a night. Holy shit. So I bought a new, so I bought a new fan because my old one started making weird noises. I don't hear it on my end, at least. I don't know if the, the yeah, that's that's because I got that's got like you know a noise floor set, but I don't know how that works for I don't know how well that will work for my just raw recording because I don't have a fucking compressor set up right. for this thing yet. Well, one way to find out. Yep. <laughs> so if my voice sounds tinny or weird or anything like that, um, apologize ahead of time. But I need it, so get fucked. Pay us. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's a good point. Maybe I could uh Patreon.com, motherfuckers. <laughs> a quieter AC if they <laughs> if we could get the that should be one of the stretch goals. Dude, I fucking one of the <laughs> when I went there, I saw so there were so there was this fan that I got from Noma, and then there was the quiet version of this fan from Noma. The the regular version that I bought was with taxes sixty four dollars. The mm-hmm. other version which was the quiet version, was with taxes $145. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's expensive fan. We make $9 a month. <laughs> It'll take some time. <laughs> but anyway, in the meantime, we're here to talk about comics and stuff. So, hey, last it's month, the Doomsday Clock came out. Yes, it did. But we're okay. it's okay to talk about it even though we are on a delayed schedule this long of way because it's going to be every two months now. <laughs> so, so if you forget to talk about it one week, then we'll get it before the next issue comes out, hopefully. <laughs> well, actually, the next issue of is going to be coming out May 30th. Oh, is it really? Okay, yeah. But that's but that's they've said that it's now going to be, yeah, on a bi-monthly schedule, uh, Doomsday Clock. So. Yeah. Anyways. What would yeah. you think? Yeah, not riveting endorsement. Yeah, it's not. I, it's not well, it's not I think great. we're on record. We've really actually been enjoying this up to this. Yeah, point, we've been enjoying the book. It's just uh, one this thing was they, the most lackluster issue. I agree with that. Yeah, the, the thing the thing they did that I really didn't like was they gave more of an origin story to the new Rorschach. Right. Yeah. So you remember that? Remember when Rorschach first got arrested and he was talking to that psychiatrist who was like, "Hey, what do you see here?" Yeah. No, I'm asking Birdie. Oh. <laughs> eh? so yes or no? Remember. I don't know. Okay, well, in do in Watchmen, uh, when Rorschach first gets arrested, he gets uh, sent a court-appointed psychiatrist to try to figure out what the oh, fuck is wrong wait, with him. You're ta- okay, you're talking about the first Watchmen. Yeah, okay. OG Rorschach. White racist Rorschach. Yeah, so it turns out new Rorschach is that doctor's son. For reasons 
unbeknownst to me. It makes sense to somebody. Yeah, but it made sense before. I never said yeah. it was a good idea. <clears throat> I get where you're coming from because I remember prior to this, one of the things that attra- like attracted you to you why you liked the last issue so much, like the reasons you had mentioned, was the fact that uh, there it was no context to who this guy was. He was just a guy. Yeah, it was just and, it was and, just like a flash of the squid, <clears throat> and then oh, okay, context. Right, and then the fan theories kind of went kind of wild over the internet of people trying to connect like who he could be and then in this issue they did establish that he was somebody in connection to the original Watchmen. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the more that he's changing or connecting things from this Doomsday Clock to the original Watchmen, the worse uh, it's getting. Not that it's getting worse, but I just I I I liked it more but when you just said it was getting worse. This is the, this is the, I I wouldn't say I hated this issue, but this is definitely the weakest issue of the bunch, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, it still hasn't gotten to the point of bad yet, but it is getting worse. No. Yeah, I mean, my whole thing, the last issue that we had talked about that I had a problem with was the fact that the, the comedian is live. Like, that was a thing that bugged me. And then Dead Man, I remember you saying it didn't bug you as much, but for me, that really bugged me. And now... This one, it seems like, has bugged you more so than uh, than it did me, but... Yeah, it's... Yeah. It's essentially getting into, like, bad fan writing territory, where mm. you can't have a character just be. They have to be connected to the main plot in some way. Like, oh, New Rorschach... So New Rorschach the Freeman territory. Yeah, like, like, New Rorschach couldn't just be some fucker who got squid blasted in the brain meat and then went crazy after finding, you know, fucking Rorschach's ramblings in the fucking right-wing paper that he was really super into. It couldn't just be that. It couldn't just be some fucking Randy. It had to be, oh no, he's the son of the doctor who first analyzed Rorschach. It's all connected. (laughs) Yeah. It's all this giant web that Dr. Manhattan weaved through time (laughs) when he fucked it. What I I did enjoy, though... I feel like we need Charlie Day from, um... Always sunny here. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> it's just Jeff John standing in a room. Yeah, strings with, all over the board, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I and know what you're saying. And it's all leading to connected. World War Three. Um, no, but like what I did like about it though uh, is the fact that it was a direct result. See, things like this I don't mind. For instance, the fact that he had a direct like PTSD as a direct result of what happened to the city following the events of Watchmen and that big squid thing or whatever the fuck that was. Like that makes sense. And that's cool that yeah, he took and that, and that he was took and that, that was the story he expanded I was fine upon with. it. Right, right. But that's what I mean. But that's I'm trying to draw the line of the difference of the things that Jeff John did in the first three issues that I was enjoying because he just kind of expanded on some ideas that didn't change nothing about Watchmen, but kind of just continued them. Like, this is where we left off. Let me take these these ideas and kind of run with them in a different direction. And I enjoyed that part of it. But the fact that he's now changing things or changing the story or making direct connections, like, not just this... You know, like like the fact that you said he's related, like I, I don't like that either as much. And and the comedian thing, I still kind of. I mean, he didn't even show up in this issue. This was just about Rorschach's son. This issue, but uh, not not Rorschach's son. Rorschach's doctor's son. Doctor's son. Sorry, yeah. Uh, yeah. As he as he gets beaten up by the folks in Arkham, showing that Arkham is just you know the best place for mental health. Yeah. I did like that the moth showed up though. That was cool. Yeah, Killer Moth was cool. <laughs> yeah. 
Sorry, Birdie. Oh, sorry, no, not Killer Moth. Mothman. Moth, yeah, from sorry. the original. Uh, yeah, the the original team. fucking Watchmen. The Minutemen. Minutemen. Yeah, he he was in it. I he mean, was, I, yeah, as as young Rorschach, as you know, new Rorschach was trying to escape before he became Rorschach. He just goes up to the fucking top of it, sees a old man stark naked with bed sheets tied to his arms as he just flies off into the distance. Yeah, I mean, I have not read this, obviously. I've just listened to you and Deadman react to it. But, like, in terms of something recent that I could compare this to in terms of the more attempts they make to connect, the dumber it gets. Did either of you watch Cloverfield Paradox? <clears throat> no. No. I saw, I saw that clip with the arm, and I was like, mm, maybe not. Yeah. Because they attempted to connect the original Cloverfield movie with 10 Cloverfield Lane. And the results were just dumb. Yeah. To the point where people said it really should have been a comedy, not a serious sci-fi movie. They didn't really need to connect. Like, they could, like Cloverfield could have just been like this banner of, hey, we do weird kind of horror-ish things. Are there aliens yeah. involved? Probably. Who knows? And then just kind of go on. But no, they had to go, oh, man, it's all connected. We got this fucking Cloverfield cinematic universe. Check out this arm Chris O'Dowd's fucking around with. But yeah, that's that seems to be in my mindset with what you're describing, that it did not need to connect at all. No. But the ways they're connecting it just make it seem dumber. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I don't like the things that the this the things he was picking up on in the first couple of issues were all things that I thought were s- clever things that did not affect Watchmen. Uh, like be, uh, at all in the sense that those characters were still alive like they uh, their story obviously yeah. continued after that story ended and yeah, the events kinda... of watchmen happened as they did and then this is this is picking up shortly after that right and i'd rather them do that than say like look at this new story and how clever i am and how i'm actually going to connect all the raindrops like in between everything like you know yeah. what i mean that whole like things happen in between panels turns out ozman is actually is actually the is actually the comedian's <laughs> long lost cousin yeah i mean i'm i'm still enjoying it I think the first two issues were my favorite of the series, and then the third one, the comedian thing, bugged me, and then this one, this bugged me somewhat as well. Although, I thought it was interesting how they did... I liked how they showed how he met up with Ozymandias towards the end, because at that, at this point in time, we weren't aware of how he met Ozymandias prior to, to, to this issue. Like, because they were kind of just kind of working together yeah, somewhat. Yeah, they, they just kind of were. Which yeah. I would have been fine if it, if there was never an explanation for that. If it was just, it was just like, hey, they kind of met, right? Because because like at that point, like up to basically, they could have changed very little about this issue to make me like it a lot more. If it had just been like, hey, they're not like, hey, this guy is just some fucking rando. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would have even enjoyed it more from the perspective, like, let's just focus on the fact that he's in fucking, like, Arkham Asylum or yeah. in, like, a prison. And, like, that well, would I, well, have been... I, I, I kind of get where they're going with that. They were trying to do, like, a, you know... They were Rorschach to, in prison. Yeah, yeah, they were trying to do the Rorschach right. thing of just, like, it's like, hey, this thing happened, and then we get this fucking broken <clears> English <throat> journal that talks about, hey, this reminds me of a thing from the past. Right, and that, you're right, that was the main part that... I think fell short of the rest of the issue because even if they just had the part of him talking with 
Well, no, the t- the part with Mothman, uh, the Moth, uh, I liked, but I guess it wasn't necessary because that was also part of the flashback. So yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, like if, that whole part. If, they, yeah. if there's had been a reason they kept showing Mister Freeze so prominently in the fucking in panels, right? Yeah. Or or you know, like or him interacting f- with fucking Jane Doe or whatever the hell her name was. Or just take full advantage of the fact. Hey, listen, he's he's in the DC universe. Yeah. It's Let's Rorschach fuck and fucking Arkham it. Asylum. Right. If you're gonna do this, then fucking just do it already and have him interact with a bunch of people. And and we wouldn't need that context. This would just be a regular guy. It would just be a guy in Arkham Asylum. Like we wouldn't have to need the connections of like, hey, guess what? He has this backstory. Like that flashback. You're right. Was uh, was a waste. Like they should have yeah, just kept. We didn't need yeah, that. Like it is. Yeah. Like this guy is basically Rorschach, and we saw what he did in a regular prison. Yeah. So. So yeah, I mean, it, 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 it pro- would give me a chance to actually like bring this guy up and be like, hey, this dude actually is for reals Rorschach instead of just, hey, yeah, he's crazy, but like, look at the mask. Mm-hmm. He got it from his dad. The art's Doobie still cray, they, y'all. <laughs> the art's still really good, though. I yeah, the art's he, still fantastic. He, that's, never yeah. been, that's never been a question. It's just this fucking... Uh, it's, the, it's the writing that falls short in this. I don't even know if it was the writing for me. It was just the ideas. Like it, I just didn't like. It was Jeff. It was Jeff Johns. Was the problem. This yeah. this was the most Jeff Johns. Jeff book. Johns. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's. Is it uh, more Jeff Johns than Krypton? Yeah. It, yeah. Kind of. Well, yeah. Jeff Johns. Ooh, I, I've said. Good. Well, I've never seen Krypton. I haven't. Ever, I haven't seen a single episode of Krypton. Do you know just the plot of Krypton, Nico? Sorry, the show Krypton. Yeah. Or? No, I haven't watched it. I know of it, but I haven't watched it. Brainiac goes back in time to kill Superman's grandfather. Oh, okay. You know, because <laughs> plot. Yeah. We can't have Superman be in it too early. But yeah. Like, so are they, yeah, are like, they the, making... The thing, about, the thing yeah. I've always said with Jeff Johns is that he can be a very good writer, but he can also be a very fan-wanky writer. And this is the most fan-wanky he's Dan been Sturman. writing this book. Right. Whereas I think in the first issue, in comparison to this one, the fourth... He was almost trying to do his best Alan Moore, but not being Alan Moore, yeah. or as good as Alan Moore, but not Jeff Johns. And in this issue, he went full Jeff Johns. Like, he kind of... He needs to find <laughs> that middle ground. <laughs> What's that? He needs to find that middle ground. That middle ground of yeah. writing a book like Watchmen that isn't Watchmen. But I almost preferred his kind of... Him trying to be, like, some sort of Alan Moore in the first couple of issues, more so than I've liked him... These la the these last two like I'm still on board and I've have been enjoying it for the most part but I just want him to start stop changing things and adding to the, the best of this book has gotten so far has been the Rorschach and Batman bit and then the that was mime great. and the mime marionette <laughs> bit yes absolutely Th- that has been, that I, has been the best part of this book so far and I thought the first issue also had strong connections to the feeling of dread of what's going on in today's society in comparison to the Watchmen, the original, which we also talked about. So, like, I think that that he did do a good job of capturing that in the first issue. And that's why I thought he was doing his best Alan Moore impersonation. But by that being said, oh, I think you mean his best original writer impersonation. Yes, sorry. The original writer of this, <laughs> this impersonation. Um, oh, God, yeah, I don't, Alan I don't, Moore, I don't wanna, you fucking weird hermit. I don't want to get sued, so yeah, let's just keep... You weird hermit <laughs> snake wizard. <laughs> hanging, out in your, hanging out in your fucking den, getting mad at your kids, trying to catch a Zubat. 
Was he playing Pokemon Go? No, his kid. <laughs> no, his kid was. Uh, okay. And yeah, they, they went. To, I think it was his daughter, and no, she went to his den. Yeah, went to like Sorry, his, went to like his fucking study, and just a picture of a Zubat flying around with Alan Moore just staring daggers at her. <laughs> was this on the internet? Yeah. Oh, I no, no, I fa- no, I found it through magic. Well, I don't fucking know. God, like, God the you, man-headed you, serpent god, came down to me and bestowed upon me his blessing. <laughs> maybe you you're talking it. about Alan Moore, dead man. It's entirely possible. Yeah, like maybe you know the original writer from another life or something. You're a bitch. Dead man. I, I ain't a high enough level wizard <laughs> to know that guy. Maybe, maybe you've gra- met Promethea. <laughs> if I met Promethea, I'd be a better writer. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, Doomsday Clock. I wouldn't be doing this <laughs> shit. I'd be out there writing. I'd be out there writing comic books. <laughs> Ratings. I'd be like, "Yo, Aftershock! I got a really good. I got a really interesting book for you. Can we get me that guy who draws the dicks real good?" <laughs> I'm gonna give this issue a three. <laughs> <laughs> the, the bump is is due to the art. Otherwise, it's like a two point. We had a what five? Yeah, two okay. two point five. I would say on writing, uh, art gives so, it a little. I'll bump it to three based on the art. So insert a Morton Joe quote here. Mediocre. <laughs> yeah, so it's around two point five three. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. <laughs> I was moving on to another big DC thing that happened recently. Action <clears throat> Comics one thousand. Yeah. yeah, Action Comics one thousand came out and. Uh, I'm not going to talk about underpants again. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That was the, the thing big, uh, that the thing that was wrong with Superman. Yeah, it was kind of endemic of what was wrong with Superman. Yeah, or, but fucking uh, they they fixed him. I don't have the issue Peter, in front of me Peter right J. now. Tomasi and Peter Tomasi and fucking Patrick Gleason got in there. And were like, yeah, we can fix this. Yeah. And you know what? I will quickly say that I think that the fact that they're putting in all the books now, this Bendis is fucking coming announcement and got Superman there. Have you guys seen this ad at all? Yeah, just just this fucking (laughs) white page with just Bendis and then a picture of Superman. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, it's coming. Well, actually, speaking of Superman, Deadman, I have to talk about Frank Noah later. Oh, joy. Um, So I am looking forward to that conversation. (laughs) As exciting as... um, as yeah, Bendis has been for some to come to DC. Um, the fact of the matter is, I think that DC, in the fact that they're excited that he's coming over there and running these ads, is really shitting on the fact that let's let, let's thank you know Peter Peter Tomasi and Patrick Leeson for fuck's sakes on their impressive Superman run uh, yeah. that basically got me reading Superman. Uh, got a lot of people reading Superman, I think. Yeah, and and the fact that. Um, you know, right off the heels of the new 52 Batman and Robin series too, which we talked about in this show. And, and the fact that, yeah, they just, they had a very impressive run. And I think that people are just, they're overshadowing the fucking fact that Bendis is coming and basically taking over both successful Superman titles from Dan Jurgens and Peter Tabasi, which, and, and to be honest, I haven't really loved as much as the action stuff that I read, but a lot of people have seemed to like the old school Dan Jurgens returning to Superman. So, you know, whatever, but yeah, so Action of the Comics 1000, I don't have it in front of me. I just quickly wanted to mention it, though, is because it's, you know, one of those milestone issues. Like, it's the it's back to the original numbering with Action Comics 1000 and the fact that um, there was a, a, a big roster of uh, very talented creators on here, including Tomasi and Gleason. 
I think that's that story for me was the best out of the bunch in this uh, Action Comics 1000. Um, uh, Gleason basically he did such a good job on his art in this issue and this short story. I think it was like eight pages, but what he did was he drew different interpretations of like Superman throughout its history. So he kind of changes his style quite a bit for each page that he does and kind of, and, and Tomasi kind of tried to write Superman like for that moment in time. Like I'm not, I don't, I haven't been fucking reading Superman since the sixties, but what it seemed to me like he was really just trying to, you know, uh, talk about his legacy and and kind of you know uh, uh, Superman in general and the good things about Superman and I really I really liked it. Um, but yeah, I guess the big thing to note again is because Bendis is coming. This was his first DC work, um, and uh, yeah, he did the last story in this, and it was pretty basic and lackluster to be honest with you. For it was <laughs> actually yeah, it was it was actually one of the weaker stories I thought out of the bunch. He had Jim Lee on art, who um, I'm not as uh, big of a fan of uh, especially these days uh, but he, yeah, there's okay. this great era in like the mid to late 2000s H- hush yeah batman hush i think was him at his prime personally for me like um if you go back and look at the stuff he did around that time i, th- I think that that was probably uh some of his best work is in one of the worst comics ever made yeah yeah actually Just straight oh. up oh yeah i mean I, yeah i've talked about that on here too when i came in uh the all-star batman and robin yeah that looked, bar yeah, which was a shame because yeah, that was that. Yeah, I think that's around the same time as Hush, though. I think that's after Hush. So, yeah. So, anyways, it was the Civil War two of the Hush era. <laughs> um, this is not Jim Lee of that time, though. Let's just say that. Um, so it's okay. The art's fine. Uh, but basically, Bendis uh cracks uh, some shots about the uh, him getting the um the trunks back <laughs> in this he, he I, I seriously he he does about three bendis type jokes about it in this one eight issue story <laughs> <laughs> i have underwear and uh and basically the rest of the the uh story is dedicated to the fact that he is getting beat up by this almost like doomsday like creature uh ah, fucking who, god damn it yeah who's not doomsday but at the end of the story you find out as he in the very comic book villainy, villainish ways, like ah, oh, I'm not so and so. You know where I, you know me from. Uh, I, I knew your um, your father. I'm the one that helped destroy Krypton or something like that. And so they're making some sort of it connection. Was me. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, Dio. <laughs> um. So yeah, essentially, that's. I guess going to be one of his. I, I, I think this is going to be in Superman, not Action, because Action is going to be more him at the planet. I think it's focusing on because Bendis is doing both titles, and I think that one's going to be with him at the Daily Planet. So is he happy, Clark Dan DeDios? You fucking pay billions of dollars to get this fucker <laughs> over, and he's bringing his C material. <laughs> it was just okay. I wouldn't say that right out the gate, except for the jokes about the trunks. It sounded like a Bendis that we all, we all know, like. From Marvel, like that voice. He's wearing his underwear on the outside. Woo! That means he's gonna um, be good again. Doesn't, doesn't you know, matter. The pet's Gleason, Peter Tomasi have been making him good for the last <laughs> two fucking years. Ten characters weren't standing around a table talking to each other. You know, like that wasn't going on. So, <laughs> so you know, I, I don't know what Bendis' version this is that we're getting, or if he is going to tap into something that we're like a voice of his that we may have not seen because he's writing Superman. But uh, the fact of the matter was, though, it was just it was just 
okay. It was very basic. And uh, the fact that they ended the issue on it, though, after so many other good uh, stories in an anthology, no less, which we've talked, I've talked about anthologies on here before. It's usually a mixed bag of some shit stories and some decent ones. But um, I thought this was overall pretty good, though, Action Comics 1000. But yeah, the Bendis is coming. His first uh, appearance here on the DCU is not uh, fantastic, I would say. But. But yeah, I still look forward to checking out his Superman because I haven't been enjoying reading Superman and hopefully he could continue that, uh, you know, with the two titles he's taking over. I don't know. We'll see. I doubt it. Yeah. I mean, I'm interested. I'm, I've am i been interested about this move since they announced yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, but, I'm, I'm uh, going to fucking read it, but <clears throat> it's, yeah. it's, it's the same kind of thing of like going from fucking Brian Azzarello and Cliff Chang to the Finches in Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Um, I will say, though, out of the two that he announced, I'm more interested to hear his action comics than his Superman, and especially if this story is continuing in that, because I think that he could do a good story about him working at the paper and just being Clark Kent. Because, I mean, he wrote he wrote a, bit, a great J. Jonah Jameson, who has also works, worked at the paper in Ultimate Spider-Man. So I think if he... If he channels some of that shit in, in this, in this uh, you know, over at the Daily Planet, that Do may be interesting. you think that they'll finally bite the bullet and convert the Daily Planet to an entirely digital platform? They tried to do that, didn't they, in the New 52 with the Batman, uh, that horrendous uh, Wonder Woman Superman? Wasn't he working for a blog or something? Um, no, no. So, so what happened was um, he did not like that the Daily Planet had been bought up by Morgan Edge and was becoming just a multimedia company. So he left it and started a blog with Cat Grant. Right. Yeah, so I mean, you're, you're saying what if he does something more in the vein of that? No, no, I'm saying what if he's at the Daily Planet doing Daily Planet shit, but instead of hot off the presses, we got this fucking new Superman story. It's like, hey, hey, Perry, I just uploaded a bunch of images to the server. Can you fucking put them in a gallery or something? I don't know. I, I, have, I have a story that'll fucking finish up in the next hour, and then we can put, mm-hmm. we can fucking post live to the front page. Well, I mean, it's, I don't, it'll, it'll I still think... be him doing fucking journalism shit. Right. It just won't be for a fucking newspaper in 2018. I mean, I don't think he's going to shy away from the fact that there's going to be conversations about how papers aren't as, you know, as <laughs> as great as they used to be in terms of, you know, like the, how people get their information or in terms of a dying business. I, I think that it'd be interesting if he, he talks about that. But I, I think I can't I don't think you can abandon the whole idea of him working at a paper, though, and the. you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I would be less interested, I think, in, in that aspect of it. Than at I would, some like, point. You know, there's going to be a child who picks up a Superman comic, or or more more likely, buys it off a of Comicsology, reads it, and then goes to his dad or mom and asks, "Mommy, what's a newspaper?" <laughs> right. Well, I mean, they brought the trunks back. I don't know what kind of tone they're going for here, right? Like, <laughs> like that is, you know, like. <laughs> are they trying to capture the old school Superman essence, or are here's, they trying? Here's to- the question: What are the odds that? Uh, that Bendis's Perry White will just be Jameson. <laughs> it's very, very possible. <laughs> just he comes out, has grown the fucking Hitler mustache. I was like, I need photos of Superman. He's a menace. You know, I, I would like, be okay with that. He just, you know, he just, has, just has a stroke. <laughs> I'd be fine with that for, for the record. Does anyone else feel burnt most? <laughs> Uh, but yeah. Anyways, Action Comics a thousand. It was okay. <laughs> Alrighty. And then final thing, just kind of mentioning it. 
Uh, Shattered Grid. It's still going on. Um, not much has moved forward. It's more just yeah, been watch all your te- watch all the teams you love die. Yeah, particularly in the annual, it's like, hey, you love this team? Fuck you. You yeah. like this character? Fuck you. You want <laughs> happiness? Fuck you. Hey guys, Ninja Steel, the new team is there. Oh, but they're dead. Okay, no, I will say the one moment I kind of cheered and I might have inte- uh, misinterpreted this. It looked like it killed the the male red samurai ranger. Um, maybe I don't know. I don't think I don't think he was actually in that fight. I think he actually maybe he wasn't because the, I don't know when the timeline for that was. But his sister was still the Red Ranger, so maybe. But uh, weren't weren't the both of them the Red Ranger? Yeah, but they can't both be the Red Ranger at the same time. Apparently. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Too much pink energy. Yeah, but then poor old TJ from In Space just. Well, he's in space now. Yeah, I mean. For the first time in a while, he is for real. He's in space. But yeah, I just also, I didn't, I didn't know that, I didn't know that like Red Ranger penis envy was a thing. (laughs) It's kind of what it is, because for those that don't know, TJ, the blue in space ranger was the red turbo ranger. Oh, okay. So he went directly from being the leader of a team to being second fiddle to a different red lead, to a different red ranger, and in and in the fucking annual, he's being a bit of a shit about it. Yeah, Anders is like, "Hey, I'm red ranger. Let's go do this." And TJ's like, "Well, actually, if we did it, this, it might be better." And Anders is like, "Fuck you, I'm red. Eat my ass, Earth boy." And then yeah. Dracon hacks the ship. Or then uh, Dracon replaces Tommy as the Red Zeo Ranger, which I'm still not quite sure how that works, but... (laughs) I don't know. Magic? (laughs) Just beat the shit out of the Zeo Crystal till it said, okay, fine. Also, I wanted to provide evidence that supports your theory that Shattered Grid is going to end with Tommy as the White Ranger. I forgot that in the stuff leading up to Shattered Grid, there was a scene where Saba was helping... uh, Alpha build something that they would never showed. Yeah. Well, then Saba got decapitated, so. Yeah, but he might have given the, the specs already, and Alpha just needed to finish it. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Alpha, we watch Alpha die horribly. Yeah, that too. Just frame by frame, watching his head slowly get crushed under the weight of Dracon's fucking gauntlet. Yeah. While he's screaming. See, I, 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 De- Caveman knows this is coming, Dead Man, and I specifically told him last night, no, until all of Shattered Grid is out, you are not touching Shattered Grid. And he, when he asked why, I just mentioned a few of the things that have happened so far. He's like, oh god, no! <laughs> oh, my babies! How could they do this to you, Alpha? Aye, aye, aye. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah, that's mainly, that's mainly just what I wanted to say, just... We we haven't gotten a lot of formal momentum <laughs> yeah. yet. At least outside it was of just pain. If it was Alpha Six. He would have gone yo yo yo, and I was just put the cap. <laughs> yeah. Yo yo yo. What's the mess up in here? <laughs> yo, we got this evil butthole on the ship. Let's let's get rid of him, Decca. Word. Oh shit, yo, I'm dying, bro. <laughs> I'm voiced by a white lady. 
Has he ever in the history of Power Rangers said, ay and wear a sombrero when he does it? <laughs> no. Uh, nope. <laughs> okay. Nope, nope, never done that. Just a question, because I thought I thought of the ay They're not that racist. <laughs> well, I just wanted to know the line, okay? I also recall, horrifically, that I used the word Chinaman on my last appearance while I was drunk. <laughs> I'm all talking about Power Rangers, so I'm just gonna back off now. This- yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, you did. You did. You did say that. Wow, you are. Maybe just like hold off on drinking on Thursdays. <laughs> no, I just you know that'll be the end of it. I just <laughs> I just remember listening to the episode, thinking that was a lot better than I was, but not as bad as I thought. I was. <laughs> so now we know that Nico's a racist drunk. Good to know. <laughs> No, it was more it was more uh, it, it, talking about the racism of Power Rangers. And I kind of maybe stepped over the line. Anyways, yeah. move on. Power Rangers <laughs> is only accidentally racist, never fully intentionally racist. <laughs> anyway. So Birdie. I went to a weird direction. Birdie. <laughs> All right. So do you get which which bad do you want, want me to do first? Disappointing or insulting? Oh, let's end with disappointing. Okay. You, don't, you don't start the show with the showstopper. So you want me to end with disappointing? Yes. Like all of our shows do. All right. Well, <laughs> hold on. So you want me to build up in terms of badness? Yes. All right. Well, in that case, let's talk about the thing that's just kind of okay first. Spooks. Okay. I take it by the silence. Neither of you have any idea what the fuck this is. No. Nope. I have an idea and I hope it's wrong. This was written by Larry Hama in the mid-2000s. And the name is a pun on what this is. Because it's Black Ops Soldiers... Versus supernatural creatures. Well, he uh, okay. He's the guy who did GI Joe uh, for a long yes. time. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And he teamed up to work with on this with a guy who wrote D and D books. Huh. Interesting. So yeah, the whole thing is the U.S. military has a branch for dealing with supernatural threats. Our main character is... Okay, I guess I'll get one of the big complaints out of the way first. Considering the the depth of the threat here, no one ever appears to be in severe danger. (laughs) Like, really? Like, they're just too prepared? Like, they know they're going to be dealing with a horde of werewolves. Oh, we'll send in the guy who we found who has the one in a billion chance to be immune to werewolfism. Yeah, that's convenient. <laughs> or how they know they're dealing with vampires again, so they've all been given uh, pop-up armor plating over their necks that fits under their body armor. Why not just regular armor plating on their neck instead of the pop-up shit? To be a dick? <laughs> yeah, just, hey, I got your neck. Oh, no, armor. I didn't expect that. I think I tipped a tooth. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, shit happens. That's that's the plot. <laughs> shit happens. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the way if I start the latest plot, you're gonna think it's a joke. Because a werewolf, a witch, and an undead, headless Confederate soldier walk into a bar. <laughs> like literally? Yes. Okay. And they plot to overthrow the organization of U.S. military agents who know they exist. They plan to do this by either spreading werewolves in D.C., summoning undead, uh, summoning armies of undead Confederate soldiers to be led by the headless Confederate general, or having the witch summon Cthulhu creatures. Personally, I'd go with the Shoggoths. Well, you see, they do all of them. Oh, okay. Actually, that's that's 100% fair. Yeah. I assume they would only go with one because it's a comic book. No, they do all of them. Okay, yeah, that's, a decent, that's actually a decent plan. Just, just, yeah, we got werewolves, we got zombies, we got Shub Niggerath coming in. Yeah. And whatever Cthulhu creature is a giant crab with tentacles. I'm sure there's one. I'll check. Are you actually checking? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, the main characters are soldier who is immune to werewolves, the, to the bite of the werewolf, who watched his entire unit die in Iraq to a werewolf. Irony? <laughs> uh, Maybe? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um... The head of the organization, you know the type, is a learned, uh, badass, non-powered exorcist type person. Yeah, so, uh, in terms of potentials, uh, there is um, Basaton, the master of crabs. Uh, there is Beatus, the Berkeley toad, or the serpent-bearded Beatus. Which is a basically a giant toad crossed with a crab. You know, like you do. Huh. There is Rantegoth. This conversation has gone off in a direction I did not expect it to. Yeah, Rantegoth, uh, Terror of the Hominids, and He of the Ivory Throne. A three-eyed guild proboscidean monster with a globular torso, six long sinuous limbs that end in back paws with crab-like claws uh, covered in what appears to be hair but is actually tiny tentacles. Or Pshista, God of Fidelity, a shape-shifting entity often manifesting as a five-legged, as a spiny five-legged crab with a spider head and metallic bracelets on each limb. I'm going to go with Master of Crabs. Alrighty then. Just based on the design. Also, the witch is a uh, what's the uh, crap? Can't remember the term. Uh, Medusa. Gorgon. Gorgon. Yeah. Uh, the vampire is an ancient vampire, but not Dracula. Apparently, they killed Dracula. This guy's all that's left of Dracula's clan. Yeah, it's Alucard. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> the werewolves are dicks. 
but you know when the main character is immune to werewolfism, that's like uh, uh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, that just there's lots of werewolves. That's all. Uh, he's the werewolf. Well, to be fair, working. werewolves themselves are still a bit of a threat. <laughs> it's like, oh no, you bit me, and now I'll turn into one. Guess what, bitch? No, I won't. Oh, my arm's gone. Yeah. I guess, and again, that's the weird problem. Despite all this weird, crazy shit happening, it doesn't really ever feel like... It, it, it's not written in such a way that it ever feels like there's a threat. Because, like, oh, also everyone's equipped with full um, automatic weapons full of silver bullets. Or uh, they have uh, jab, like um, metallic silver stakes that jab out, like, the Assassin's Creed blades from their arms. Or... Oh, you summoned ungodly horrors from beyond the veil of time and space. I just shot him. Fuck you. <laughs> the way they deal with that's actually funnier. Because oh, uh, good. the main character, the main soldier character is working with uh, the daughter of the head of the organization, who is also a witch. Because sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're an organization meant to fight fucking evil monster shit might ha- having a witch on staff is not a bad idea yeah but again the only two things that the head other than killing the lead vampire the only two things that the head of this organization says to our main character is um keep my daughter safe and keep your dick out of her again fair yeah and she stops the uh headless confederate general by animating the statue of Abraham Lincoln to crush it. I'm pretty sure that was in the Gerard Way book. <clears throat> Which one? Uh, giant Abraham Lincoln statue. Oh, in the, um, yeah, in the Umbrella Academy? Academy? Yeah, 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 that was actually. Jesse's out there doing stuff, and then like, and, like the rumor's like, mm. hey, Mr. Lincoln, yeah. I heard a rumor that giant John Wilkes Booth shot you. <laughs> and then I don't a recall giant that, stone statue of John Wilkes Booth beard behind him and shot him in the back of the head. <laughs> I do recall something about statues, though. Yeah, and the um, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, but also the armies of undead soldiers summoned by the witch uh, after they killed the Confederate general who was leading them. Uh, they this is that I don't I don't buy this, but it's funny. The, the The main soldier character walks up to the undead soldiers' office and says, "Hey, I'm a soldier just like you. I'm just doing my job." That lady's controlling you. Who are you going to work for? So they all turn on her and kill her. Well, that means she's controlling us, so we can't really turn against her. I mean, girl. Yeah, apparently, apparently she's a very shitty uh, witch in that she reanimated the dead, but didn't take direct control of them. <laughs> How did you come across this book? I don't know how you find out about these things half the time. Comicsology, I'm assuming. No, yeah. library. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh. Actually, that's a bit more. That makes a bit more sense. Yeah. Hmm. My library just has five non non numeric order copies of fucking different manga and it, books it was, I've already read. Here's here's the discovery process for this one, Nico. I was reading Promethea, and it was sitting next to Promethea. <laughs> okay. And I saw the cover of a soldier fighting a werewolf in a sewer, and I was like, that has to be at least somewhat fun, right? Sure. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> yeah. At best, it's just mediocre. It's not It's not badly drawn or anything. It's just dull. Which is a feat in and of itself, taking that premise and making yeah. it boring. 
Yeah. But yeah, that's the that that's the least annoying blunt thing I have to talk about tonight. Alrighty then. <laughs> okay. Score's just gonna go down from here, people. Yep. Uh so speaking of kind of mediocre, let's talk about sideways. <laughs> let's <laughs> So this is one Have of the new, yeah, so this is one of the new DC books to spin out of fucking oh, whatever okay. the hell well, no, Dark Knight Metal is. What was that, Bernie? I said, uh, yeah, I didn't know what you were talking about first. Oh, it's one of the new spawn of DC books. Of course, it's mediocre. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is being touted by people that I've seen around um, as the DC Spider-Man. <laughs> Seeing, yeah, as I how, heard that. seeing as how every single one of these new books is just a Marvel copy. Yeah, what's, the, what's the one where it's what if uh, what if Thanos was a demon? Oh, uh, Brimstone or something like that. I think it's called. Yeah, it's got some really dumb name like Hell is Earth or something. Oh, that's that's the demon Hell is Earth. That's an Etrigan book. Yeah, no, but, but there's the one it's called not, it's not Etrigan, Brimstone. Etrigan is in it. There's one called Brimstone or something, I think. Yeah, there is uh, one called Brimstone too. The yeah. Curse of Brimstone. That's, but what that's I just, Ghost Rider. Ju- that's not Thanos. <laughs> yeah, this one's like, uh, yeah, it's. You see, it's, I, would, I thought it was Etrigan, like just renamed, but no, Etrigan is a separate character from the demon in it. There is a yeah. demon, and there is also Etrigan. So no, the demon is not Etrigan. It's just Thanos. <laughs> no, no, I mean the book is called The Demon Hell Is Earth. Yeah, I and know. Follows, no, no, and it follows. Etrigan, Jason Blood, Merlin, yeah. and, Z- and Xanadu. No, but what he's talking yeah, about is this I'm Curse saying, of Brimstone like, book. There's also a demon in it, though, in this Yeah, one. but like, but also, all those characters you mentioned are not the titular demon of the book. There is also a character who is a demon who is separate from all those characters who is not Etrigan. Belial? I don't know. I don't remember it giving it, giving it a name. Hmm. But whatever. That's not what we're talking about. Continue. Yeah, so... This is the one that kind of ties the most to the events of fucking... Uh, Dark Knight's Metal. Oh, wait, I've seen this one. I know this one, where the guy just appears in his girlfriend's bedroom. Uh, childhood friend. Okay. Yeah, so he... So extra yes. rapey. Yeah, so we got this guy uh, who can just kind of open portals to wherever. He got these because he fell down a hole when the um, Challengers of the Unknown Mountain appeared in the middle of Gotham. Now we can just teleport wherever. Think he's, I think he's thinking about becoming a YouTube star because of it. Uh, then a big fucking Kenneth Rockefort looking robot motherfucker is like, hey, you're bad. I'm going to kill you. Ooh, Kenneth Rockefeller draws this. Yeah, I think he. I think he might. I think he might write it too. I like his art a lot, actually, Kenneth Rockefeller. Yeah, it's really I good like art, the... just not yeah. great writing. So, because there's nothing interesting about it. It is. It is just some of the most boring fucking shit. Just this our main... looks like. If I remember correctly, this is the guy who kind of looks like a much more boring version of um, what's the the Hispanic Blue Beetle? Uh, Jaime Reyes. Yeah, he he looks like Jaime Reyes if he were boring. Yeah, fair. <laughs> See, 
Okay, so I just had to Google it because I thought I was crazy for a second, but I, I, I did find articles on it. I remember when this was announced, there was a... There was a time when they said that Grant Morrison was supposed to co-write this book at some point. And he obviously is not involved in it at this time. No, yeah. Right? Like, um, from the looks of it, it is written by Kenneth Rockford, Dan DiDio, and Justin oh, Jordan. No Wait, wonder. I didn't by DiDio? Yeah, I didn't know DiDio was writing this. Oh, See, yeah. but if you Google it, there was there were, when they first announced it, they said... Uh, DC co-publishes Dan DiDio on New Age Diversity, Sideways, and Grant Morrison. Like he was, they first announced him as being part of this. He Weird. must was he, yeah. Like so, then at that time, I was like, oh, that. I mean, Grant Morrison. I'm like, okay, that sounds interesting. I'll check. You know, just for Grant Morrison, okay, I'll check okay. it out. Actually, let me. That's strange. So the the credits in these are strange too. Okay. <laughs> Because, like, like, we have a colorist who's just credited as colorist. Then we have Kenneth Rockefort and Dan DiDio credited as storytellers. And then Dan DiDio and Justin Jordan credited as dialogue. Well, that's confusing. What a mess. Yeah, so did Kenneth Rockefort have anything to do with the writing process of this, or was it just DiDio and Jordan? Well, this was part of the uh, them putting the artist first movement. Remember when Marvel said artists don't sell books? This was one of the titles, along with the Terrifics and along with a couple of these other ones. They just came out with Damage or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, um, just Damage. Yeah, that that they are putting the uh, artist uh, on the front page of like the cover uh, credit first instead of the writer. So maybe that's what this like. I believe that's part that this was part of that movement of the of the artist coming first. So, so maybe then, that's did Dan DiDio help with the art? I mean, I don't think so. He's just not an artist. Yeah, it doesn't but, look like it. This is one hundred percent Rockefort. Yeah, but 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 for whatever reason, they were trying to um, showcase the artist in these books over the writing because this sounds terrible already. The way you're describing it, so <laughs> I think it's not terrible it's just kind of nothing yeah like this, this guy doesn't have enough of a personality for me to really like get a grip on what he's doing like he just seems like hey i'm a fucking kid and i got powers and stuff i don't want to make my own worry but i got fucking i could teleport into a lake fuckers yeah and then except he ha- except he has even worse of a if I recall correctly, and even worse of a with great power comes great responsibility bullshit. Because in his case, it's not like oh, if I misuse my power, someone might get hurt. In this case, every time he uses his powers, he tears apart reality. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It is. He is straight up just a like like I said, the end of the first issue, a giant space robot comes down and says, "Hey, fucker, stop it." And you go into the second issue, and it is whenever you use your powers, reality rips apart, and a venom symbiote eats a duck. And then we get a look at his. And then we get a look at his first villain, Kill Speed. Her speed kills. So would this be where the Black Racer comes in and says, "Dude, copyright"? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not gonna keep reading this. I would assume not. I did not, not know Didio uh, was actively involved in the production of this. I was like, well, fuck that noise. <laughs> yeah, which is a shame because Justin Jordan is a good writer. Kenneth Rockefort is a good artist. Where did Morrison go? Did he just jump from this ship? He's like, fuck this. I don't know if he was ever involved with this ship. If you Google it, there is multiple articles that come up as them announce, uh, they announce this with him involved. 
Like, is this his idea and they're just fucking running with it? All right, I'm, like, I'll fucking check. Uh. Okay, so... Yeah, as early as February of this year, it seems Morrison was tied to the book as a co-writer. Okay, so, um, yeah, so that, that's what I thought, and then that's why I wanted to hear about it, but then I was like, wait a sec, he, he's, not, he's not on this book at all. Yeah, DiDio said in an interview with fucking uh, Newsarama, I don't think anybody can best explore the kinds of ideas that we're going to push forward in that story than Grant Morrison. I would feel de- I would feel deficient and not doing my best job if I didn't have Grant with me <laughs> leading the way. <laughs> so at which point Grant said, yes, you would. Exit stage left. Yeah, and then he's like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Justin, buddy, help me out. I really I really liked the spread. Help me, please. Yeah, I don't know. So this every one of these fucking books they've released for this fucking new Age of Heroes bullshit has been kind of terrible. Um I mean the only one I actually read uh was the Terrifics cuz of Jeff Lemire and that's, that's okay. boring as fuck. Yeah, it's I dropped it to, for to to your credit, which is basically what you just said there. Yeah, I did drop it. Um, I think it might be better in trade because yeah, it's like, one of hey, those. What if the Fantastic Four had a better character but was somehow even less interesting? <laughs> it's just been basically bringing the. It's one of those uh, putting the band together type books, though. It's taken three issues and like nothing has happened because they're basically just collecting their thoughts and trying to get the book started. So. Yeah, like it's <laughs> fun seeing Plastic Man again, but he yeah, doesn't fit yeah. here. I like him. Though, well, see, this, yeah. I, I read the first issue of the Terrifics, and the thing that turned me off was like, wait, you made Plastic Man not funny? He's gotten funnier in subsequent issues, but yeah, not to the not as funny as you'd think still. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah. Well, that's disappointing. I, I thought, is he coming on at some point? I, I'm trying to look for That's so fucking Why weird. Why I don't know, but why would they announce him? That's very strange. Because he was, because he was originally. I'm assuming he was originally part of it, and then he fucking talked to Dan DiDio for more than half a second, <laughs> and was like, "Oh wait, this is terrible. Bye bye." Yeah, yeah, I have yeah. to go. I have to go edit heavy metal. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> That's you know, it's just <laughs> it's strange. All right. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's sideways. Don't worry, that's not the stupidest thing that DC did that I'm going to talk about tonight. Oh, joy. <laughs> so, Nico. I'm talking about a DC book. <laughs> outstanding. Mr. Miracle. Which is still outstanding. Uh, are you guys up to date on this? No. Okay. Dead man? Yes, oh. I am, but I'm going to go poop. Okay. Uh, okay, so this is issue number eight. Uh, we're two quarter. Uh, sorry, two thirds of the way through. Uh, as it's a twelve issue series. Uh, and it's still pretty good. Pretty good quality fucking book. Really interesting. Um, what happened in the last two issues? How far behind are you, Birdie? I remember you started reading this. Uh, I read the first four issues. Okay. Uh, so since then, the biggest thing that could probably happen, other than more of 
the Tom King condensed storytelling and not really explaining everything that's fucking going on, uh, you know, um, that you've probably experienced during the first four issues is the fact that uh, Bardo, we found out that she was pregnant and she's now had a kid. So okay. they, ha- they have a son. And uh, now the book has taken a turn where uh, other than the whole dark side war that he's been fighting uh, as kind of like the ba- like one part of the story uh as well as the other part of the story being kind of like us trying to figure out basically what's been going on and just I- I- observing uh these two in their day-to-day lives they had a baby uh, yeah they had a kid and uh the seventh issue the one prior to this issue number eight uh was probably one of my favorite issues um because they were in the actual uh, waiting room as Big Bart is having the kid and um, a bunch of the um, people from Apocalypse. Yeah, a bunch of the theory showed up. And, and, <laughs> yeah. And they, were, and they were all just like kind of hanging out, just like for real hanging out. It's like, hey, no one, no one from Apocalypse has ever had a baby before. Like none of the theories have ever given birth. Right. So it was a big deal. Um, but there was a person that was there, one of the theories that's an enemy of, uh, of, the, of both of them. Uh, I forgot her name and I'm not, I'm not, up on uh, all of the names of all of those characters, but they're they're uh, a fucking infinity of them, dude. Yeah. So, anyways, I or I guess she hates Mister Miracle, um, in uh, specifically. Uh, so she, they're trying to she she gives him a dagger uh, of some sort for some reason and tells her him to give it to Barda because they weren't sure of what's going to happen with this birth and it 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 played into the story afterwards because they cut the umbilical cord with it but yeah. some sort of like mystical apocalypse dagger she gives yeah, it to and, him yeah, and, and she and, mentions and, like I'm going to kill you with that dagger one day <laughs> and he's like oh yeah yeah okay. and then Scott walks back and he's like they gave me this I don't want me to like cut the baby out with it <laughs> and she's like that is a dagger that when you cut it when, when you cut uh, whoever you cut with it it burns them from the inside out she wants to kill us yeah. she sincere <laughs> it was a really funny moment um like you know his deadpan humor in this it, it's been very the dry humor of this book and and just like kind of like the, the observing them in in what were you laughing at <laughs> i wasn't laughing Oh, uh, th- just the just the way he's. Are you weird. hearing things, Nico? Are you drinking again? No, nah, it's it's withdrawal. <laughs> um, pretty pretty the, soon, uh, pretty soon we'll just hear like some shaking with the mic as he just like almost like it's the shakes. <laughs> Hopefully that came across, and I didn't just shake my mic around for nothing. <laughs> I did hear some shaking, so yeah. Yay! Audio um, viewer. But yeah, uh, I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, I've liked observing them in their lives. I mean, the, before the issue prior to that, there was an issue. It was basically them just making their way through all these fucking traps, like trying to make their way into an apocalypse. And the whole time they're bitching about remodeling uh, their kitchen, uh, remodeling their kitchen. Yeah. But then at the heart of it was the fact that Barda was waiting to tell him that she was pregnant and really all these issues uh, was stemming from the fact they also wanted to redo the bedroom because they're going to need an extra bedroom space because the fact that she's having a baby. So, so yeah. So it's it's it, and 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 it feels very real and uh, and the fact that Mitch Jareds, the artist on this, actually just did have a kid a few months ago. I'm sure is a reason why Tom King is maybe playing with this idea uh, and actually um, visiting because Tom King writes a lot of very human characters in his books. Like he, yeah. he deals with a lot of real life uh situations as evidence in his batman as well 
um, just with the marriage. Whenever he doesn't have to explain that characters are human, he writes them as good human characters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, what, what, am I, what are my favorite bits that's a sh- from this? That's a shot. At the, that's a shot at the vision, by the way. I, yeah. I, anyways, go on. <laughs> yeah, one, of my, one of my favorite bits from this is was a. Uh, when they were in the room, they had Bardo hooked up to like a a baby heart monitor, and yeah. they and they were just like and Scott was just kind of like going through potential names. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like how about Star Razor or something like that, and just the constantly just like seeing just a little beep beep, and then it just stops. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think Bardo would leave her weapon as a toy for the baby. Uh, it does probably. vibrate. <laughs> Maybe it does kind of act like a rattle. Um, this particular issue did uh, start off like every other issue of Mr. Miracle. Like he's been doing this basically like bombastic fucking um, writing at the start, kind of like in a Stan Lee style or like, I guess, Jack Kirby style for that matter. And the character Funky Flashman, who was a character in the New Gods comic originally, uh, that was basically Jack Kirby talking shit about uh, Stan Lee and almost making him like almost like the ringleader of the fucking book, like you know, like with his bombastic way of talking and the way he kind of is dressed and very flamboyant and this kind of thing. And he was basically just trying to. Uh, at that time, he had left Marvel, uh, and because I, I heard an interview with Tom King and he had discussed a little bit about this, and he was very bitter, Jack Kirby. If you ever chronicled the relationship between him and Stan years later. And uh, I guess this funky Flashman character shows up in this issue, and he actually showed up, I think, in one of the issues. Maybe even you read Red Birdie in the in the series so far. Um, sure. He yeah, um, he showed up, and and that's a character Jack Kirby also created. So he, Tom King's using him in this story. And at, at this point, like everything else, it's very surreal. Like we don't actually know if he's actually sitting there talking to this guy as he's trying to take care of the baby. Like he's watching him warm up milk in the microwave and. Meanwhile, this funky Flashman character's in the background kind of talking to him. And Bart is never around during these scenes when he kind of, he kind of inadvertently like walks over to the other room and basically has these conversations with people popping out of boom tubes or, or, you know what I mean? Like, um, and so, or remember when Bug showed up, the forager and he, and, and then like they had a complete conversation and, and meanwhile, he's like, oh, you got to come back to Apocalypse. Like we're in trouble. And Barda was sleeping during this time. So we still really don't know what happened at the start of this series. Like, did he die? Is this purgatory? Is he imagining this? Are we imagining? It's going to be a real fucking trip. We get to the end. It turns out this was all like some kind of weird, like multiple man kind of situation where he just like holds his baby and absorbs it. Yeah. But it's one of those things that you're, you'll definitely notice if you've been reading this, but they're not really addressing it at this time. And I'm sure they will once we reach the conclusion of this story. But in the meantime, they're still telling this very like human, very interesting story about, uh, these two characters, Barda and Mr. Miracle. And, uh, as well as Scott free, I mean, Scott free is Mr. Miracle. And, uh, And um and, and just their war against uh, apocalypse like each issue like in this issue between this the segments of him at home taking care of the baby and talking with Barda on the phone uh, she's on the battlefield and then it cuts into scenes of him going to war on the battlefield while Barda is speaking to him about the baby while she's at home taking care of him so they're both doing their you know parent duties and taking kind of uh, turns 
you know, taking care of their son, newborn son. And meanwhile, they're in this fucking bloody fucking war where Mr. Miracle is usually getting his ass handed to him. Yeah, he's not a fighter. He's a fucking escape artist. <laughs> yeah, so... Although, don't get me wrong, there are some scenes in this series so far where he looked like a total badass. Same with Barda. I mean, Barda, obviously. Yeah, Barda's Barda big, is... Yeah, it's impossible yeah. for her to not look badass. Yeah, so... Anyways, I've still really, really been enjoying this. I again, I think this is another going to be another successful uh, Tom King story when it's. Pretty, all pretty sure and done. when they got married, Barda carried him across the threshold. Yeah, <laughs> fucking sure. Scott was given away to Barda. <laughs> she definitely wears the pants of this relationship. It wasn't even given sure. away. Like, like, all right, so yeah. Then the bride, then the then the bride walks the groom down the aisle, and she gives him away to herself. <laughs> No, like, get, is she, you'll get fucked. She knows, like she she carries um, Scott and a priest. She puts the priest down, puts Scott down, and says, "I will have this thing to the priest." <laughs> and the priest is like, am, "Am I being kidnapped? No, I'm just having this thing." And, and Scott, is, oh, it's okay. We're getting married. Yeah, she does. Are this. you sure? <laughs> it's like you're really gonna say no to her. I I will say one thing because I know I always she uh, uses her weapon as a bouquet. <laughs> she just throws it Wonder Woman just throws it Wonder Woman bombs it I, I will say one final thing about this though and Tom King in general I know I, I praise him quite a bit and uh, yeah much to Birdie's show. much to Birdie's disdain well he just he just hates on the vision as he took a jab at the vision earlier talking about human characters versus non-human characters Dude, I caught that remember the narrative <laughs> anyways remember the narrative he needs to stop taking shots to <laughs> the vision. Anyways, um, I, I he he is also becoming one of those writers that because of his condensed storytelling and the way he breaks down certain issues and the things that he talks about, he's definitely got a voice for his stuff. And I think at some certain point, it might get played out, but not at this point for me. Like you, I, you know up what I mean, on like Batman. Yes, I'm still enjoying it, but uh, yeah, the just, Booster Gold issues. Uh, I haven't had the Booster Gold issues. Booster yet. Gold's uh, wedding present broke the time space continuum, and now he needs an alternate <laughs> version of Catwoman to help save an alternate version of Batman. He does make. Hey, listen, he that, does that, make Hal Jordan. That. Guys, he does make Hal Jordan shoot himself in the face in it <laughs> and kill himself. Okay, well, yeah, that's pretty cool. But like the issue yeah. I was really talking about is uh, the one issue forty four. Where it's a back and forth story with like uh, the developing relationship of Batman and Catwoman while Catwoman is out stealing a wedding dress. I like that issue. You didn't like really it? good. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Flipped, it no, flipped, yeah when it flip back and forth, it flipped to the uh, like the the artist who's been with ba- the artist who's been working on Batman for the um, War of the Riddles and Jokes, and as oh, well as Michael Jannon and George Jones. Yeah, and then the, pre- yeah. the present stuff is Joelle Jones, and fuck, yeah. dude. D- did you hear that she's going to be doing a Catwoman series? Oh, that's great. She's drawing and writing it. Oh, that's uh, fucking perfect. Yep. So that I'm looking for, for, for it, too. Yeah, she's great. Um, but yeah, uh, that being said, uh, you know, you, you get what I'm saying, though? It, it, it is not at this time yet, but I think he also needs to start... Or, you know, this is going to be, you know how some writers have a certain voice and it sometimes it's, it, it just becomes too much. Like, you don't want all your comics to be like this. Yeah. But it's, uh, but at this, this is not the time though. I'm still very much enjoying everything he's been writing, but 
you know, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, because like it's being it's being time. shaken up enough. Mm-hmm. Like like the Batman stuff and the Mr. Miracle stuff, I can see similarities between the two of them, but they are wildly different books. Yes. I, I Yeah. I mean, the, the things that themselves that are happening inside the books are, are much different, but I think that the the ideas and just the way he kind of tells stories is somewhat similar in both. Yeah, but there are uh, yeah, there are fair. some I- but there are some ideas that for example, I would never want um him to I would never want Tom King to do dupe. Yeah, fair. <laughs> that, and 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 and, oh. and 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 this is why I think that he's smart and he's picked a lot of these books that he's done these maxi series with, like these twelve issue series, like Omega Men, Vision, Mr. Miracle. He's essentially picking characters that aren't other than Batman, obviously, are yeah. top tier characters. And I think that's very smart of him to do. Like, that's the type of characters you can tell interesting stories mm-hmm. with that people won't expect. And and you don't have to deal with all of the bullshit that comes with it. But then you on the other end... nobody would expect? So in Batman. So... No, you know, no nobody <laughs> expect? Tom King reviving Garth Ennis' Hitman. I would fucking love that. <laughs> I would fucking love that. That's Just not this right... remembers that, that character besides you. I know. I know it's true, <laughs> it's true. I I love that book. Just but there's some he, random fucker in like the background of one shot in a Tom King book, and then just as he walks off, he puts on the sunglasses with a coat up, and then just everyone's like, <gasps> "Oh man!" And then he goes and then he I, goes and fucking murders Bugs Bunny. Oh man! Now I want that book. Thanks a lot. <laughs> and I and, and and that's just I mean, and to your point, like wildly different voice for that character though that would be a much much different book but i like tom king enough that i would like to see that happen like yeah, totally. he's no he's no garthenis you know what i mean but few I people are it, yeah yeah so um yeah anyways I, I wish that existed it does not unfortunately yeah so then birdie see still here i think he stepped away for a moment oh well shit yeah he, yeah i think i heard him step away for the mic so All right, let's do me then Okay. So, exit stage left, the Snagglepuss Chronicles. Nice. You ever wonder what it would be like if Snagglepuss was involved in McCarthyism? No. Well, guess what, fuckers? (laughs) Yeah, so in exit stage left, Snagglepuss is a playwright working in New York in a world where humanoid, brightly colored animals are just a thing and accepted. Like there, like there are fucking just like Huckleberry Hound is in it, and he is a well-established novelist. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a there's a member of the police force is just a horse, just a horse in a cop uniform. Okay. <laughs> yeah, welcome back, Birdie. Uh, I just kind of went because you weren't here. Yeah, sorry, dealing with noisy animals. No worries, it'll be fun to edit all that out. So yeah, and. Yeah, so Snagglepuss is like, hey, he's the fucking hottest fucking shit right now. He has a lovely wife, an actress who acts in some of his plays, all kinds of shit. And at the time, uh, the, I guess the moral committee of the Justice Department is going around tracking down deviants, homosexuals, anybody that isn't what they want, and blacklisting them. Oh, yeah. That's McCarthyism. Yeah, pull, yeah, pulling in subpoenas and shit. And right now, the lady in charge of it is very much gunning for Snagglepuss. Because Snagglepuss 
shockingly, is gay. A, a, a pink lion who's a who's a who's a screenplay writer and a theater specialist. Yeah, I know it's shocking, right? Huckleberry Hound's gay too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, are, are they together? No, no, or... they're just bros. Okay. Yeah, they they both grew up in the same town, uh, but Huck, being a novelist, stayed there. And meanwhile, Snagglepuss, who is fucking extravagant, is like, fuck this shit, I'm moving to the Big Apple. Gonna produce plays on Broadway. Bright lights, big city, exit, stage left. His plays are really weird because they're all about dogs starring people and cats. Like like our main like our main dude who's playing a dog like our main kind of actor man for this play is a human who's wearing like a dog's who's wearing like you know a rubber dog snout and dog ears, which feels like it would be offensive. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's a joke on uh, racist and sexist casting. It could be. This this book has probably has some layers that I'm missing out on because I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, if it's anything like um, like Flintstones that this writer also wrote, Mark Russell, then it definitely uh, has a lot of that 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 type of things going on. Yeah, but it. from uh, what I remember of uh, the Flintstones, it was a bit more kind of episodic, where just you'd pick up an issue and it would be about, hey, this is the thing it's about, and then going to the next story and the next and the next without really any kind of through line through it. Yeah, for the most part, yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, with, with there, this, there, with this, there very much is a progressing plot line. <clears throat> Okay. As this okay. as this fucking committee is getting closer and closer to Snagglepuss. Hmm. Like, like, like at the beginning of the series, um, we kind of see Snagglepuss when we get the first reveal beyond just everybody's assumptions. Uh, he goes to a bar that is that pays the cops to turn a blind eye so that everybody in it can be gay. He has a boyfriend in there, where we learn his wife is just a beard. Yeah, his boyfriend. He's seems like a nice guy. Uh, wants mm-hmm. more. Wants more out of the relationship than Snagglepuss has given him because they're just kind of hiding in secrets, doing whatevs. Right. Uh, and yeah, for the most for the most part, it is just it is just kind of Snagglepuss out there doing Snagglepuss, working on his plays, having his hippo director just say, "This fucking actor sucks. Where the fuck <sighs> you find him?" But yeah, was this this is during the time though where they 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 had to be more so closeted, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Anybody that, who yeah. would anybody who yeah. was seen as not normal was, oh, you're right. a communist. Let's fuck you over. Mm-hmm. Question: Why is he? I'm looking at some of the art, uh, some images online. Why is he not wearing pants at some parts of this? Because uh, he's because he he's a cartoon character. Because the character never wore pants. Yeah, no, but then yeah, there there the, is some animals wearing pants. Some of the animals wear pants. A good chunk of them don't. Like the cops don't. Huh. Yeah, the cop horse is just wearing a shirt. Huckleberry is just wearing a shirt and jacket. No, it's just one of those things, like, how real are they trying to go here? Because then you would think they would throw some pants on him. I know he's a cartoon character, yeah, it's, but it's about other it, it's about as real are wearing as, pants. It's about as real as Goofy and Donald Duck. Hmm. Where okay. Goofy wears pants, but Donald doesn't. Right. And Mickey never wears a shirt. Just a weird thing that kind of carried over from the cartoon stuff. Hey, we got this super hyper realistic art style for all these guys, but we're gonna keep the pant thing. Yeah, 
No, that's cool. I can appreciate it. I that I, again. I know. I I haven't. I'm looking forward to reading this, but I I always kind of keep going back to Flintstones because that's the only other Mark Russell thing I've read and, uh, like this. And it, it seems that in that he kind of told the backstory of why Fred wore a tie. So I found that very interesting. <laughs> so like I was wondering, is there a reason why he's not wearing yeah, pants? Yeah, yeah. In this, okay. there, in this, there is no real backstory. <laughs> there is no like explanation of like in the beginning there was man and then there was pink lion. Yeah. <laughs> it just kind of is. Like, hey, he's the fucking hottest shit right now on Broadway. It's Snagglepuss, motherfuckers. Respect. Yeah. No, oh, this looks good. And yeah, um, in the more recent issues, they started getting more severe in terms of like, the actual threat that's coming after him. Like, like, the lady in charge of the thing has straight up said, I am after Snagglepuss. This is the guy I want. And when they go to, and when they go to raid the bar that they find, uh, the, the bar that uh, Snagglepuss frequents, all they find is everybody else and Huckleberry Hound who actually fucked one of the cops. Like they like they started they started what felt like a real relationship and Huck was like, "Hey, I'm a bit I'm a bit nervous about this. I I think I might be in love with you, Horseman." And the Horseman's like, "Yeah, yeah, I got yeah, dude, I get it. Like it this things move fast, but hey, we're here." And then and then they go and, and they go and arrest everybody there. And when the horse cop comes up to fuck comes up to Huckleberry, he beats him in the head with a truncheon and says, "Get in the wagon, you faggot." Ooh. Because it's the past, and the past yeah. sucks. Yeah. Huh. But yeah, Snagglepuss wasn't there because he was taking his boyfriend home to meet his beard. Right. Because both of them were like, hey, I need more out of this. Mm-hmm. Because up to that point, he was treating... He was, he was just like, hey, I'm going to hang out I'm gonna hang out with this lady most of the day. I don't really I don't really care for her that much. Like, yeah, she's all right, but she's not really an important person to me. And then with the other guy, it was, yeah, we fuck. That's about it. Right. And then with this, it is, hey, these are two important people. Let's have them meet. You want to watch us fuck, lady? I'm assuming. But anyway, it's, it, it's, been, it's been a solid book so far. It's been... Like Snagglepuss is a very likable character. He's he kind of does like the idealized version of what a playwright is. Or at the very least, like what a playwright was back then, which is I wrote a thing. It hasn't been performed yet, but everybody's gonna love it. I'm gonna drink and be posh. He and says things like, Are you were they terribly rough on you? Basically, yeah. Is this Huckleberry Hound? That's Huckleberry Hound. Oh, that's awesome. He's wearing like a hat like he's in a barbershop quartet. Yeah. It's fucking fantastic. <laughs> that 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 looks like a good see, it doesn't look like the straight up cartoon version of him, but it still no, like, looks like, pretty yeah. it it's looks awesome. More, it's a more realistic version yeah. of what these animals would look like while retaining their more cartoony qualities. Right. Well, that's what I mean. That's that's why the pants thing was a, <laughs> an important question of my end. I'm like, where are they drawing the line here? <laughs> like, all right, the pants. They draw the line where they draw. Get fucked. <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, it Very is. Nice. This is a good book. Like, if yeah. you know about McCarthyism, it does that does like add a little bit more because you actually understand the context of what's happening. Yeah. But if the if 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 the uh, lady head of the morals committee goes home, drinks and shoots herself, then I'll, I'll say historically accurate. Uh, no, she goes home, drinks and has sex with her female roommate. OK, hypocrite. Got it. Yeah, exactly. I would like a fade out Snaggle Plus Chronicles crossover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like there's a, there's actually a kind of decent bit in this where where she 
where where like she goes to go she goes to talk to somebody I think like the head of the FBI or something or the head of like the local cops and then it's like it's like so is you like a secretary or something he's like oh no I'm the head of the committee he's like oh that's great what do your husband think about that it's like oh no I don't have a husband just just a roommate it's like oh it's married to, married to your work eh he's like oh no more married to my country and then goes home immediately starts macking on a roommate <laughs> because yeah the past sucks right. It's like, oh, I got to deal with these communists. Excuse me while I go join the Red Party. <clears throat> yeah, McCarthyism fucking sucked. <laughs> the 50s sucked. Yeah, pretty much everything. <laughs> everything before. There's like now but is not great, the, but it's better than it has been. Even the decades that people Prohibition liked sucked. Yeah. yeah, like the 80s were fine as long as you weren't certain things. <laughs> like, as long as you were a white, heterosexual male, you were fine. Yeah. yeah. If you were a woman, there, black, gay, and not there, 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 were, not so there were some exceptions for black people if they were really good entertainers. By the 80s? Yeah, yeah like, like racism was still a thing back there, but people were really into Michael Jackson and Motown. Ah. Uh. The past sucks. <laughs> Everyone was racist. Everything was terrible. Everyone was dying of AIDS. Yeah. Well, I know or this thought much. they I'm were. Gonna, <clears throat> I'm going to pick this up. This looks good. Yeah. Snackable's is really good. If you get a chance to check it out, I highly recommend it. It is another kind of banger from fucking Hanna-Barbera in DC. And Mark Russell. Slowly, make, slowly making up for the karmic destruction that was Scooby Doo Apocalypse. Isn't that fucking still going? I don't yeah. know. I haven't thought I think to look it, it up is. because I'm too scared. I swear, I think it is. I think I'm I still swear. going. As yeah. Bernie moves on to a second book, I will check. Yeah, that's fucked if it is. Okay, so let's get to disappointing before we get to insulting. Well, I'm, well, I'm about to talk about Scooby-Doo Apocalypse, so kind of already insulting. <laughs> and no, yeah, it's still fucking going. <laughs> oh, my God. The next goddamn issue comes out next week. What number is it? Issue 25. Wow. After Honestly, nearly 50 years of Scooby-Doo, the unthinkable happens. <laughs> this, month, death, this month, death claims one of the most beloved figures in pop culture history, Fred Jones. I mean, the fact that Flintstones by his got, own got canceled and this has fucking had 25 fucking issues is ridiculous. But anyways. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. All right. So at the end of 2017, I was right when I said something that looked like it was wrapping up because it was stupid wrapped up. <laughs> She-Hulk ended. Uh, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> is that a dun-dun-dun? I guess it's not as surprising or dramatic. Go on. <laughs> yeah, I think you're putting too much effort into uh, the mindset at the end of this series. I'm just like... Pfft. Yeah. Because... So, to basically, they insultingly wrapped everything up. In Insulting. a way that I wanted. <laughs> in a way that I wanted, but they did it so wrong I hated them for it. <laughs> Because when this comic started, 
I thought, this sounds like a terrible idea, but they're not executing it that badly. I'll see where this goes. I know I read the whole... Did you read that whole first arc, Dead Man, or just the first uh, issue? I read two? up to the start of the fight against the trash monster. <clears throat> I read, like, three issues Okay. After, after you guys talked about it. Yeah, and then I saw how badly the action was drawn. I was like, eh, nah. Yeah. So the second volume treaded water, basically. The biggest question the second volume asked is, even though I'm turning into She-Hulk again... Am I still a monster? No. Yeah. Just no. That's that, that's all they could bother to ask. Uh, and it seemed like for a second the last volume might be somewhat interesting because the leader was brainwashing people to act as suicide bombers to trigger to trigger Jin to turn into the Hulk and attack people. Oh shit. But uh no. Just no. <laughs> you don't even want to dedicate any more time to it. You're like, nah. <laughs> nah, son. It was pointless. No one died. It was insultingly wrapped up. Uh, well. And the last two, uh, three issues, no, two issues. I'm, what am I saying? It wouldn't take three. It would take at least three issues to tell this in any way not insulting. <laughs> um, so... I was always under the impression after the end of the first arc that this story was a mistake and they should start trying to work Jen back to being more traditional Jennifer Walters. They had her get over all her problems in one issue. Wait, what? Yeah. They wrapped up everything in one issue, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. In one issue, uh, she went to see a therapist, got hypnotherapy, talked to the Hulk inside her, and when she was done, she was She-Hulk again. Wait, what the fuck? Yeah. My god, that is weak. Yeah. And the last issue is just, well, I guess everything worked out for Jen. She's on her she's her own lawyer now. She has a cool new assistant. Everything is great. She's she, a She brought her she brought her weird like mirror key rack thing back up to its proper height as She-Hulk. Yeah. And that's it. Which is weird cuz like in the in the fucking Cover for the new Avengers number one, she looks closer to a roided out Hulk, She-Hulk, than regular She-Hulk. <clears throat> yeah, I saw that. I haven't looked at that issue of Avengers yet. Uh, but it's out yeah, today. I, it, came, tomorrow, it came out yesterday. this week, so yeah, that's yeah, why I, I'm not discussing it, but... We'll find man, out. Some, yep. <laughs> I, I guess along the same lines, of, well, I don't want to talk about it tonight, but maybe next time, Dead Man, the death of... Is that a spoiler? Uh, with Thor. Thor. Uh, no, they they that that was like, that was I think the title of one of the issues. No, that yeah, the death the death of Jane Foster. Yeah. Also, even if even if it was a spoiler, nobody's shocked. No, that's been I mean, the that was, story. Yeah, I know. I'm just honestly shocked they went through with it. Eh, don't worry, she'll be back in like a month and a half. No, that issue came out last week. It's on my list. <clears throat> I read it. Yeah, but I was wondering, it, it, it's kind of a big change if talk, mentioning it, since it's the setup for who the <laughs> Thor is in Avengers again, I'll, would I'll, be considered I'll, a spoiler. But I'll talk about it as my book if you want. Nah. No. Nah. Alright. The Thor yeah. is Thor, because Thor is Thor Thor Thor. Yeah. So, basically, the arc of this store of this comic is 
look, we want the normal Hulk, the what uh, Ch- the at the Cho Hulk yeah. to be a cool guy. Amadeus so let's Cho. make her the let's make Jen Walters the monstrous Hulk because we always need at least uh, one monstrous Hulk. Yeah. Our our yeah. our fucking focus group our focus group said so. Yeah, we story arced it in such a way that we set it up and then did nothing with it. At some point, we said, "Oh, this is a mistake. Fix it." Bye. Yeah, about halfway through, we realized that we realized our mistake and then told them, "Hey, yeah, fix it." By the way, you have two issues. Bye bye. Yep. Get and like fucked. all those things that I suggested might be a good way to help her deal with her problems. Yeah, they just kind of blat- blandly mentioned it in the argument between Hulk, She-Hulk and Jen. Yeah, turns out all She's they like, needed was an hour hypnotism session. That's what it's, that's what it seemed like. That's what yeah, they just just fucking Like it did like she went in at midday and the sun was still at high noon it looked like when she left. It might have not even taken an hour. Oh, so it was a 10-minute session. <laughs> that makes it even worse. Like holy shit. That is uh... That is astoundingly bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Birdie, like, you gotta you gotta admit that the Charles Soul She Hulk was better than this book, <laughs> right? It yeah. I mean, it it was a better written story. It, it got stupid in the last couple of issues, but it was yeah, a written sure story. Did. It was an actual <laughs> She Hulk book. Yeah. I mean, this looks better, minus the action stuff. The action actually somehow looks worse than the Charles Soule one, if that's actually possible. But, uh... Ooh. <laughs> that's bad, then. That was really bad towards the end. Yeah, no, this... Like, I thought this might happen, that, like, Marvel has no commitment to anything anymore, so if they change something, unless the writer's committed to it, it won't last. And they'll mm-hmm. just, like, set it back... In a way that just doesn't mean anything. They did the same thing with Civil War Two, where they made uh, Captain Marvel the un- the unquestioned bitch of the universe, and just said, "And eh, no, fuck it." Mm-hmm. Like, hey, shouldn't we change her back before we get her on book? Hey, fuck you. Yeah. She's gonna be evil, so, yeah, and I almost still love her because we have a movie coming out, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. So suck so, my nuts. I so, don't feel so good. <laughs> Possible so, spoiler. So much like uh, Joss Whedon taking over Justice League, I was like, yeah, I wanted this, but not like this. <laughs> not like not this. Like this. <laughs> Classic Hawkeye. Go on. <laughs> yeah, this, all, this, this book's just kind of irritating and disappointing because... They wasted their good idea at the start, fixed it in the way I wanted them to, and screwed up how they fixed it so it meant nothing. Yeah, this comic was just a waste of time. Yay. <laughs> how many issues did it last? 12? No, uh... 18. Oh, wow. Actually went a lot longer than I thought it would have. Huh. Okay. Well, I respect your dedication, Bertie, for actually sticking through the whole way, it sounds like. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> as much as you hate yourself right now, I can hear by your groaning. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> good job. Bravo. <laughs> uh, 
I just geez. really want I want good stuff for Jen. She's one of those sure. characters I really like in Marvel, like Kamala Khan or Carol Danvers or the current Dennis Hopeless Jessica Drew. <sighs> sure. Yeah. But she just needs. I have high hopes for her on the Avengers book, hopefully. Or on slots, Fantastic Four. I'm just like that's that's got to be a point where I'm I'm sorry they they have to have Jen and Carol at some point discuss the fact that she ordered her cousin shot right. Yeah, that's a at some point that needs to happen, but I don't think it will until after the Captain Marvel movie comes out when they can take more of a risk with her book. Yeah, well. Let me put it this way. The only thing that the Captain Marvel movie could do to be really, really bad is incorporate Avengers 200. And I don't think they're that stupid. <laughs> yeah. Also, how could they? Have they yet to actually announce a, uh, a Mark Ruffalo Hulk movie or no? Nope. They still haven't, nope. right? Nope. Because Universal still owns the distribution rights and uh, Marvel refused wasn't to it, Wasn't it Paramount? Fuck me. No, no. Universal distributed The Incredible Hulk. And Hulk 2003, so. The the Edward Norton one. Yeah. Well, the Edward yeah. Norton one and the Eric Bana one. Oh, God, the Eric fucking Bana one. So bad. <laughs> yeah. So bad. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and that's why we get, we get no Jen. We get no... Right. Well, that's No bad. good Planet Hulk story. We get no World War Hulk. No leader. No leader. None of it. Yeah. No intelligentsia. Doc Sampson. But yeah, some good. But Thunderbolt yeah. Ross is still in it. Yeah, that's yeah, true. But he's, they keep saying he's, he's not a Red good Hulk guy. Hulk. Yeah. They keep like particularly in Civil War, that always bothered me that people are like, "Yeah, we trust this guy. He knows what he's doing." And no, to be bitch. fair, in those movies, him and uh Mark Ruffalo's Hulk have no fucking connection whatsoever. Like it's not like he's like, "Hey, look, there's uh the general." Like there's no I don't think they've actually established that he actually knows him at all in those movies, have they? No, no, they have. They, it well, was just kind of, but it's it's it, it's it's less very blasé. I think he just yeah. knows him because of like who he is, but not the fact that yeah, it's it's, it's less a it, I it's, it's less a I have to dedicated a section of right. my life to hunting and count down right. and killing this thing as opposed to yeah, I saw him on the news once, right? Huh. I got okay. mad when I fucked up, so I drank Mountain Dew. Yeah, Margo, <laughs> Fargo, I'm gonna get red. All right. So yeah, this comic was a complete waste of time. <laughs> Outstanding. Sorry to hear that. Okay. Well, uh, I'm gonna talk about another Marvel comic, and uh, I'm sorry, Dead Man. I hate to do this, but I'm gonna have to talk about how fucking fantastic the new Runaway series is. Oh yeah. <laughs> it is so fucking good. That's so I'm talking about good shit. I'm talking about Runaways. Uh, now, if you, volu- now, if you told him that the Netflix, that the Hulu Runaway series was really good, he wouldn't believe you. Oh, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> you just hear me disconnect and <laughs> like, well, I don't know what happened to Nico. <laughs> yeah, just, I'll bring yeah. back next week for one more chance. If you say it again, then you are for reals fired. <laughs> I'm sorry. My planet needs me. I must go now. <laughs> yeah, he's going, he's going back to his planet of retards. <laughs> Um, anyways, uh, yeah, so this is Runaways Find Your Way Home, uh, volume one of the Runaways series, uh, written by Rainbow Roel and Chris Anka, and she, sorry, by New York Times bestselling author Rainbow Roel, and I guess she's a young adult writer? Yeah. Is that, yeah. Um, 
You know what? I mean, when I first heard about that, I was kind of like, uh, I don't know, because I'm yeah, always kind of like, like, like pros right. When, when, yeah, when I first heard that, I was coming off of the I was coming off the Black Panther book, right? Um, and you know, all respect to Tehashi Coates or however you say his name, and not all writers or write great prose can make the transition. But the fact that um, this writer does write young adult. Uh, actually translated very fucking well over The Runaways because she has... And not only that, she obviously is a fan of the original material. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, re- like reading this, this book this was book, written by someone who tell. loves the original Runaways as much as I yes. do. Yes. The way she writes these characters, she is like... It, it, I have no doubt in my mind that she's read all of the Runaways series that have come it, out it in is, the past. It is spot on for a lot of these characters. And and if she hasn't, when well, you cannot fucking tell because she has the voice down for all of these characters, and it's the thing I loved about this is in that I love a good um, coming of age story, like in movies, yeah. and like and that's what this was. But it was in this, it was in the sense of they've all grown up, and then um, what's her name at the start is uh, dead. Um, Gert. Gert. Uh, and she gets brought back to life. But the messed up thing about that is that she is now two years younger than them. She's 17, and they're all, I think, 19 and older. Well, except for um, Molly, who's like 12 now. Right. Um, Wait, so Molly and- Hayes isn't a 20-something Hispanic person? No. <laughs> She's a child. Because Molly is Hayes how- <laughs> is a fucking child. Is that what she is in the show? In the yeah. show, she is one oh. year younger than the rest of them. Oh, that's strange. Okay. Um, but yeah, they made her that uh, way so that it would not be weird when she wants to fuck somebody. <laughs> Welcome to television, yeah. motherfuckers. That's awkward, yeah. CW type move. Everybody has to be in every. Everybody has to be a twenty something, even Wildcat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Back in my anyways. day, we used to just beat the shit out of criminals. We didn't do your fucking fancy flipping around. We just punched them. Let me show you Wildcat. how I fucking did it. Blap. Wild, Wildcat the boxer? Yeah, Wildcat the fucking boxer <laughs> was a 20-something Hispanic guy. In what show? Arrow. Oh, okay. And then I, he I dies. Dro- I dropped off after, I think, three or four seasons of that fucking show. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I he was in season, season three. Four, you're a better person than I am. I think he was, uh, I think he was in season three. I think it was season... Th- oh, really? I don't even remember him then. Yeah, okay. it, yeah it was... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, when um, when um, Laurel took up fighting. Okay, so I haven't watched season four. I think season three, I watched the whole thing then. So I don't recall that because I, I got to the point where everyone was a fighter, all, uh, superhero all of a sudden. Yeah, it's like Laurel took two boxing <laughs> lessons and was, and was able yeah. to go up against every, motherfucking. One where everyone stopped a nuke with the power of love. No, no they didn't stop a nuke. They just redirected it to a different city. Oh, God. Anyways, let's not talk about Green Arrow, <laughs> please. Uh, Arrow, please. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, the Green Arrow. Arrow is a whole other the, character. The Arrow. I'm just going to do some chin-ups. One second. <laughs> uh, <laughs> without a shirt, obviously. Um, no, uh, but yeah, the this is a coming-of-age coming story, but the fact that they've all grown up without her... And then they bring her back, and she's two years younger than everybody. And it's awkward because she's the only one keen and excited to get the band back together. Yeah, but she, meanwhile, she's still on that fucking sophomore wavelength of like, yo, fuck our parents, man. Like, those yeah. are like, don't call me Gertrude. That's my slave name. <laughs> 
we're runaways. Let's do this. Let's, you know, let's, let's, you know, fuck the man. Let's go to a roller derby. Um, and everyone's just like, uh, Gert, like, I, I moved like, on no, with my I, life. I'm happy. I need to pay like, rent. I, I've, eating, I've been eating I'm, nothing but fucking noodles for, like, the past month. I, I, like, I'm in I'm in school now. I'm in college. Oh, sorry. Um, what's her name? The Carolina. Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. She's, she's in like, college. She's know, a girlfriend. She's trying to be, she's like, trying to be happy. She's allowed to be happy. Right. But then as they are showing how things have changed and everyone's kind of moved on, um, it's got this like endearing quality still to all the characters, how they kind of see each other and it brings back memories and it's kind of like, yeah, you know what, that well, those were fun times, but no, and they kind of, you know, are conflicted about whether or not they kind of want to get back together and, and you know, it's, it's, you know, it's quite simply uh, a word that my girlfriend uses all the time. I make fun of her for using it. Delightful. Yeah, it <laughs> is. Fucking, it is just uh, coming home again. It's like, kind it's of fantastic. a refreshing spin on the whole getting the band back together thing we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Well, yeah, you see, you make fun of her not because she uses the word, but because she uses it for, like, Batgirl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, Batgirl uh, is delightful. <laughs> But um, but yeah no it was just it was just very a lot of fun um, f- very funny actually had a lot of funny moments um, great voice for the characters Chris Anka is made to fucking draw this book he draws Son of a bitch yeah, yes yeah uh, uh, great stylistic choices for these characters he makes the actual characters look their age yeah it, it, um, it's something I said it's something I said that in that fucking first issue this Chris Anka is able to draw the runaways like the runaways, but not be derivative. If that makes yeah. sense. It's not It's not just, oh, I'm trying to copy this other person's style from the first volume. It is, I'm drawing these characters faithful to their models, but they're still my characters now. Mm-hmm. And, and, so basically yeah, everything no. that everything that you want from these characters is there, but it fe- the book feels like its own thing. Exactly. These, these characters have matured. They've grown up. Mm-hmm. So th- this is not like a Gotham like let's do our own thing. Fuck everything that makes sense. No, no, this this is I'm a fan of this book. Let's see where they would have gone. <clears throat> and not only that, he's like a very clean-lined artist and he draws good-looking people, but then also realistic-looking body shapes and and stylistic like like clothing, like they all have different outfits during different scenes of this book like you know what yeah, i mean like it's 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 very like a lived in a lot of work like, a lot of work went yeah. into this making sure like yeah. continuity was kept up and these people felt like real people yeah it's it's very i i can't I, mean, I can't say i loved this i i the only disappointing thing about this volume is how fucking fast i flew through reading this this trade and i wish i was reading it in issues because it it was it was very very enjoyable i really liked coming back to to these characters and uh, not only that um, uh, Victor Mancha is fucking in it again. Like he's they, ahead. He's they, ahead. They, they, yeah, but they picked up on the strings that Tom King left from the vision. <laughs> Bernie. And, and actually ran with it. And, and, you know, also, I know it wasn't your favorite era, uh, Dead Man, but also the Avengers Arena stuff they mentioned. So it's not only that mm. she's creating her own take on these characters, she's not also forgetting about the yeah, things she's, that... Yeah, she's read. She's followed these characters, yeah. see where they were, and then, all right, how can I bring them back together? Uh, yeah, like everything in, in between the last Runaway series that has happened to these characters separately, including the fact that Gert was dead has come back in this series full force. I just can't say enough good things. It's it fantastic. It would actually be kind of amazing if we ever talked to Rainbow. It was like, hey, so yeah, how much work, how much work did you actually get into like, you know, reading up these characters again? It's like, I just read the Wikipedia page. <laughs> hey, listen, if that's the case, she did a great job. 
Um, anyways, uh, the book, the first six issues basically just deals again, like uh, bringing the band back together. And uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, the youngest one, uh, I always Molly. Her name, her, Molly's name, uh, Molly's uh, uh, aunt or grandmother. Grandma. I think it's her grandma. It is her grandma. Uh, she, yeah, she turns out that she also is kind of evil in the sense she's like a mad scientist and that she's controlling all these cats. Yeah, <laughs> I made my baby uh, mutants, and I'm going to do the same to you, fuckers. Don't take my granddaughter. Cats attack. <laughs> And Molly is the last person that they go to meet up with to try to get everybody back together and who Gert eventually just moves in with because she's defeated and nobody else wants to come with her. Yeah, and Molly's uh, got so all her adorable fucking hats. Yeah. And uh, and I actually love Molly in this the best probably because she had the best line when she's like introducing her to it, like she's trying to show her around her room. And she's like, oh, and I got Pokemon cards over here and I got this over here. And she's like trying to show her like like everything she's got set up in her room. I just yeah, because really, yeah, she's a fucking child <laughs> whose friend came back from the dead. Yeah. Like, like, hey, check out this cool <laughs> shit I got while you were gone. <laughs> It was just, you know, uh, she's the youngest, and and again, like, she writes her like she is that age, like, all that other weight that all those characters had on them, including her, but she's still at heart, like, younger than, several years younger than all of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly, so, not even at heart, like, she really is younger than them, so... So anyways, yeah, it was really refreshing to come back to these characters. I really enjoyed it. And, and yeah, anyways, essentially they they uh, get away from the grandmother, the evil scientist grandmother. And at the end, they um, they all get back together. And now they're going to – I don't know where they go from here because this is only the first six issues. And then that Victor, it. He, ac- uh, he accidentally has the Victorious Protocol reactivated. Does that happen at the end of this? or I think so. It's either, either at the end of this or issue seven. Okay, I think it was in the issue after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's, there's an image of like, uh, of like, you know, hey, we got the head, we got the full head-on shot of like POV shot of Victor. His head gets put down, kind of jostles around a bit, and it just says reactivating Victorious Protocol. Okay. Which, for those who don't know, Victor's character was originally made by Ultron, Ultron. to kill everybody. Yeah. By becoming yeah, a superhero think, named Victorious. I think that happened after this trade. Yeah. So. Um, anyways. Well, I'm assuming that's where they're going to be going. It's going to be Victor yeah. slowly becoming evil again as they try to figure out what to do with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyways, again, I can't say enough good things. It's a great, great fucking book. Uh, Runways, uh, you guys got to read this if you haven't yet. Uh, I agree with Dead Man. I, I, when you first talked about Dead Man, not to put anything past you, I just didn't know if it was because the way you gushed about it is, it, it is in how happy you were. He was, he was abused husband syndrome? <laughs> no, just because, you know, too, he loves, years like, she loves me. Books. Like, she loves, like, the book loves me. It just occasionally gets angry at me. <laughs> if I would fault, really. No, just one of those things where, like, I if I know someone loves that property that much, maybe he'll only enjoy it that much. But when I read this, I also enjoyed it, yeah, yeah, yeah. immensely. And, like, you, so. you should know me well enough to know that if I love something, I will hate anything new about it. Right. No, this felt like a comfortable pair of sneakers. It's co- you know, <laughs> like yeah, it's, you just, uh, just slip yeah. right back into it, like like it never yeah. left. Yeah, this was this was really good. She had a great voice for them, and uh, yeah, good, great job. Anyways. All right, then. Birdie, last book. All right, so before I get super negative, let me say something goofy and positive that you'll like, Dead Man. Um, Cora came up and asked me, Hey, Birdie, uh, you're telling me about this book, Huck. Is that any good? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Huck. Oh, Huck. (laughs) That was one of the first books we bonded over, Dead Man. (laughs) (sighs) 
It's a good book to bond over. <laughs> it was great. I yeah. just reread it like last week. Oh, did you really? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I got the trade gonna, of it on I, my I, shelf. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to buy the tr- the trade because Cora wants to read it, and I think he should. He, he should. Oh, yeah. He should. Absolutely. It is Absolutely. so good. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, fuck DC. Yeah. <laughs> what for this time? Batgirl's fucking up again. Outstanding. Uh. So... I only come back to this book if I hear it's really fucking up. And when I heard about this, I had to I didn't want to believe they would they were this desperate to say fuck you. But they did. So let me tell you the 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 line that made me hate this book, Dead Man, before I explain the stupidity of the plot. Oh joy. The biggest mistake of my life was creating Oracle in the first place. I had a smile on my face when you started saying that line. Yeah. Because I was ready for like, yo, this is going to be the fucking, this is going to be dumb, this is going to be stupid, this is going to be the best. And then just. Yeah. Did Babs Tar write this? Uh, No, this is, I think this is the. Birds of Prey writer, who I don't think is Babs Tar, but. No, it's the, it's the Benson sisters. <clears throat> is this the main, or is this the Batgirls Bird and Birds of Prey series? Yeah, this is Batgirl and Birds of Prey, oh, but it's just okay. in general DC is like you know fuck Oracle in general. Did was Babs an editor on the book? I don't know. I just I feel like anytime <laughs> anything terrible like this happens with Batgirl, it's because of Babs Tar. Well, like she like she's just kind of out there like on Twitter, just like you know sending evil vibes through the fucking internet. Yeah, she's not mentioned anywhere. And dear God, the, the, Terry Dodson's been drawing the covers for this recently, and that just makes me more ooh. depressed. Don't ooh that. You could be get, you'd be working Why? on good books. Well, a good Terry Dodson cover is a good Terry Dodson cover. <laughs> Nico, just what? like how the art in Jim, the Jim Lee art in Aspar makes it hurt worse. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I get where you come from now. <laughs> All right. Or example of a book you you talked about, Dead Nico, when we did Good, Bad, and to Fuck. Trouble. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. I totally get where you're coming from now. Yeah, just, just oh, that did not make so that much book. better. Like, honey, how much money do you need? Yeah, that, that did not make that book any better. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Ugh. I mean, it's so, actively worse because they're taking good artists and just like saying, yo, get fucked, work on this bullshit. Yeah, you could be doing red no, one, people. but nah, bitch, you gotta have, you gotta have fucking Aunt May and Pierce dad Sorry. fuck. Uh, all I and heard appar- was Terry Dodson. I was like, ooh, yeah. I like Terry and Dodson. <laughs> and apparently, the Nico, the Nico's girlfriends of the world love this book because it has a five star rating on Amazon and Comicsology. Fuck them. Hey, now, don't take shots at her. <laughs> She's not on the show right now to defend herself. <laughs> I didn't say Nico's girlfriend. I said the Nico's <laughs> girlfriends of the world. The people yeah, who yeah. like the other white girl. I said fuck yeah, them, yeah. not fuck her. <laughs> Fair enough. Your girlfriend seems like a lovely person. No, thank you. But bad taste to, in books. To be fair, well, no, to be fair, she reads a lot of the other good things I read, but. Because uh, yeah, it's bad taste one, in one book. Yeah, I can't co sign that one myself, so continue. <laughs> so here's the plot <laughs> I can hear the air quotes. <laughs> Babs used her Oracle tech to break into Calculator's mainframe. 
to get back at her, the oh my god, some guy who has been acting as Oracle since Babs is Batgirl again gets killed by the calculator. Oh my god. Black Canary and Huntress feel so betrayed by this that they stop speaking to Babs. Wait, what? <laughs> it, the death of this random schmo breaks up the birds of prey. The death of a rando breaks the birds of prey because... Because she lied to them. Girl power, yo. What? 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 It's like, oh no, a rando got killed and Babs was around. Well, she didn't save the rando who was targeted because Oracle did a thing that, you know, heroes do. <sighs> Why? But Calculator somehow knows that rando was not the real Oracle. You know, shocker. Uh, and gets a group of supervillains together and starts targeting the individual birds of prey, trying to find out who the real Oracle is. So Batgirl is trying to erase all evidence that Oracle ever existed to save her friends. Batman is doing this? No, Batgirl. Sorry, oh. I must have slurred because I was so angry. Why? <laughs> Why is happening? I, I, I didn't look up what the what the name of this arc was before Dead Man, but it seems somehow appropriate for my anger. Uh-huh. Full circle. Uh-huh. My anger comes full circle. Uh-huh. See, you know what's funny, Dead Man? Um, I didn't I didn't realize how often this happens, but occasionally Cora pops into our comics pod uh, conversations on Discord. <laughs> yeah, and, just every once in a while, and, since, and, since I added him to the server. Yeah. <laughs> he did today. Yeah, I was like, and he just hell? randomly says stuff, and he he saw my my statement to you that I need the whole crew together to bitch about this, and he's like, "Ooh, are you talking about Frank Miller or something?" Like, no, I actually kind of wish I was talking about Frank Miller because that kind of stupidity is more fun to talk about than this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just okay yes the way oracle became a thing was shit it was fridging it has not aged well that alan moore book has not aged well but oracle was still a great character so much so that even a book drawn by greg land was still readable It's just, it feels like insecurity more than anything. Like, everything they're doing with this new Batgirl, they're so afraid people won't like that they have to shit on all of the old stuff that they know people liked. Yeah, it's like, hey, you know all that stuff you love? Well, it was actually shit. Ours is good. Ours is good. Read, read, read it now. Read, read it. Read it. Read it. Read it. Yeah. Like, as I know, I, I, I don't hate this character, but apparently some people hate Riri Williams because... Occasionally, her book shits all over Tony Stark to make her look better. Riri Williams is fine. Tony Stark's a piece of shit. <sighs> I, yeah, I don't mind Riri. I, I think people got got pissed off. <laughs> One of the complaints I heard when she came out was the fact that her name was Riri and it's too close to Rihanna because that's her. <laughs> that's I'll suck my nuts. <laughs> dumb. 
that is dumb, but I, I heard a lot of people c- complain about that. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, whatever. I just, uh, from what I've read, I like her, her Ironheart's book, so I don't... St- I, I, like, okay, there's the occasional dumb shit on the legacy line that's irritating, but mostly that book is pretty well written, and I like the character for the most part. This... This this is that weird cognitive dissonance thing of it's trying to recreate something that people liked from the past, but actively trying to get you to disassociate yourself from everything you liked about the past thing. Yeah. Right. Right. Like the the, the mere fact that apparently Black Canary knew Batgirl was Oracle. Like they worked together when she was Oracle, and she's somehow upset that ba- that. Babs used her Oracle tech to do a thing that that heroes hunting criminals like Calculator would do. <sighs> and, of course, they keep reinforcing the idea that this Helena Bertinelli is the same Helena Bertinelli from the pre-New 52 timeline, which, no, she isn't. <laughs> Wasn't she part of the Grayson book, the Helena yes. Bertinelli? Yeah. yeah. And that's not the same character. No, but she they was keep a spot. trying to write her as the pre New Fifty Two Helena Bertinelli. You know, with the mob connections and the mm, anger. Yeah, they they the, obviously the haven't angry done their vigilante homework. shit. But. Yeah, no, that's not the same character. No, huh? Yeah, the... sounds bad. Yeah, it Ugh. does this is the worst kind of book to talk about because it's just a series of what the fuck were they thinking bad decisions that personally <sighs> irritate me because I love the property. I love the birds of sure. prey book. I love Batgirl. I love Oracle. I love Barbara. I love most incarnations of Barbara. I just don't get what they're doing with this character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, it sounds like it's more on the end of the failures of Rebirth, this series, so far. Well, uh, I mean, this this is this isn't even really a Rebirth thing. This is just continuing from that weird year between when they did DC New You and when they did oh, yeah, Rebirth. Yeah. yeah. And they had the Black Canary book that was basically just like the Batgirl book at that time. You see, I actually kind of liked that Black, that pre- Rebirth Black Canary book as short as it was. It the one the one where she's part of a band and all that? Yeah. Yeah. That was, but, I but, mean, that wasn't great, but that was better than this. It, it still felt like it was in the same vein the, of the almost The only thing that Batgirl. felt remotely like Black oh. Canary in this book is that Green Arrow showed up and while okay. they were... And they had... And Dinah kind of talked about all this shit that's bothering her with Green Arrow. And they said, okay, if you're having these problems, then I love you. We'll work this out together. And she says, I love you too. That's the only thing that remotely felt like any of these characters that I know. (laughs) Right. I love the look of her and how she acts in the Green Arrow book. In the Green Arrow book, she's great. No, but in the Green Arrow book, she's good. I don't know about in this book, but... The aesthetic is fine because it's the 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 okay. the penciler and the artists are not bad. It's just yeah, they are writing all these people like they don't remember who they are, <laughs> and these people are taking over Green Arrow. Are they really? Yes, oh, the fuck. Benson sisters are taking over Green Arrow. Ah, uh, well, he just said that the 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 way they write Black Canary isn't bad. <laughs> So maybe I don't know. No, they, the uh, way they write Black Canary in the context of how she interacts with Green Arrow is right. bad. 
Okay. The so way she interacts with apparently a girl who she knows that the killing joke shit happened to her, or maybe it didn't. I don't know anymore. <laughs> and she's see, just uh, so. So see, here's an example like we were talking about earlier, where I'm like, it worked for somebody in the runaways. Aren't the Bensons like Hollywood people, and they're writing? This yeah, they're, they, they're they're TV. They're writers. showrunners. Yeah, 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 that's right. Huh. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't always translate. Yeah, Shauna Benson is a writer on the 100. Okay. Oh God, really? Yep. Season yeah, five I, I, out now. That, that, I didn't, that teen drama post-apocalypse series where like we're gonna send the teens down to uh, to a radioactive Earth to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing that happens. I watched I five like... seasons of that show. Holy shit! Oh, sorry, four <laughs> seasons of that show. I haven't seen the fifth season yet. <laughs> On a lighter note, there is, uh, I know it's not this Batgirl, but did you know that they finally recollected in print all of the Stephanie Brown Batgirl books? I've read them now. It's yeah, great. those are good. Those are yeah, good. Great stuff. They The second volume just came out like a month or two ago. I read the whole read the whole series yeah. now. Really good. Oh, Anyways. she also apparently worked on Dead Man. She apparently also worked on the TV movie version of Lock and Key. The one that didn't get picked up? The one that was never released, yes. Right, right, right. Well, she, well, she was just assistant to that, like just some miscellaneous crew thing. They're redoing it though, and they were filming in Toronto. They're doing a new one. I heard. Like, yeah, yeah, they were they were doing a new one that was supposed to be yeah. get, that was supposed to be set at Hulu, but then Hulu dropped it. Oh no! So now, so so now what, they're it's in limbo so now, right now. So now they're shopping it around to other networks, and yeah, it is. And still, in every single fucking article about that goddamn show, it says, based on a book set in Maine, which it's which not. They only say that because <laughs> it's like it's Maine. It's, on, it's, it's like Maine, but it's, it's Massachusetts. Not. They, no, they only say that because the writer is the son Stephen of King Stephen King. Stephen King is known for it. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. No, but Fuck it's, it's like this long running joke that everyone in the entertainment journalism industry has against Joe Hill. This hey, all your books take place in Maine, right? It's like what? No, it's one of those things where if you read the book, though, like I, I could like someone thinks that it's the aesthetic of it that yeah, exactly, because he's he's related to Stephen King. Yeah, exactly. The That's goddamn Wikipedia goes. page for the book said it takes place right. in Maine. I had to edit that. That was the first time I ever edited a Wikipedia page. Oh wow, good for you doing the Lord's work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> blessed be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean it, it it's not the it, same writers, but the 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 tone and style of writing in this book feels way too much like the Babstar Batgirl shit. Mm. Just like really stupid Which I know CW. Everybody, we know Babstar was the artist. It was two other writers who did the did the MMPR pink book, but Babs is the face of it. Yeah. Cuz she tweeted that f- Fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was Cameron Stewart and uh someone else that did wrote it, but yeah. You're right. No, she is the face. She's come off probably the the most She's been the most smug about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like like, like with them, like with the other guys, they just kinda were like, Hey, we wrote this thing. If you like it, that's okay. If not, then whatever. Babs is the one who's been like, "Whoa!" Like, to be fair, it's like when you just see it. To be fair, Cameron Stewart, uh, the one of the the writers on the book, who's also an artist, worked with Grant Morrison a bunch of times. That guy is a douche. I've met him in real life. 
<laughs> okay, then. Good to, to know. Yeah, I met him at a con one time. That guy is a fucking douche. He got very full of himself after that Batgirl book as well. So don't... Not just oh, to throw... Oh, really? Yeah, oh, not just to throw shit on Bat After the Batgirl book. <laughs> oh, I better not meet this guy. <laughs> He's a... Yeah. Just so... Not so we're just throwing shit at fucking Babstar. He was also a douche when I see, see him at a con. <laughs> so, just well, it's so good to know, know the people... Well, it's good to know that the last couple of people who've been involved with one of the DC's best characters are just shit. Yeah, it was... Yeah, he was shitty. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, fuck this book. Alrighty then. <laughs> I, let me put it this way, dead man. I hope I never have another reason to talk about this book, but I don't know. Maybe they will find some way to have, like, an alternate timeline version of Babs come back as Oracle and they kill her because no one wants you anymore or something. Or they... I don't... No, I'm just imagining they go out of their way to actively acknowledge that that uh, that Dinah never adopted a, never adopted a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Just they're, just they're going out of their way to intentionally pre pre erase anything that was interesting about these characters before it comes up. Yeah, the fact that the fact that Dinah was best bros with uh, Lady Shiva for a while. No, yeah, fuck that noise. <laughs> Who's Lady Shiva? Some Hindu bitch? I don't know. Babs the, is a the, Babs is a rocker from Jersey. The farther she's gone, to, the most most fucking exotic place she's gone to is a sushi place in Seattle. Or that Helena Bertinelli taught middle school for years. Fuck no, that, that shit. She was the leader of a murder cult. They had they had fucking bullshit installed in their eyes and taught girls to wear skull masks and fight crime. Maybe. I really want you two to read the, Thanks, Grant the Gail Simone's Birds, Birds of Prey book just to tell me if you think they hold up. Because I still hold them in high regard, but... Yeah, I've, uh, I've, I've been thinking about it. I would if they... I mean, I'm sure I can find it online somewhere, but I would if they fucking brought it back into print. It's out of print yeah. right now, the Gail Simone. Yeah, well, the, the, they, they just released the last volume of the Chuck Dixon Greg Land part, so next is the, the oh. Gail Simone part. Okay, so. good. Okay. Coming soon. I've heard good things about the Chuck Dixon stuff, too. It's just that I didn't want to grab it's it. It's well written. It's just it's drawn by Greg Land. <clears throat> right. But I've, <laughs> I've looked at his art back then. It actually was better then than it is now, to be fair. Well, yeah. I mean, I told... I don't think this was a show you were on, Nico. But when when I broke Dead Man by telling him that Greg Land invented the modern Nightwing costume... Um, yeah. We both agreed that... The problem with Greg Land is that when he's not tracing, he's just kind of a mediocre at best '90s artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. He really found his game when he fucking started tracing sex porn photos. <laughs> That's right, sex porn people. It's a thing. <laughs> Versus non-sex porn. porn. Yeah, <laughs> tax porn. Shelf porn. It's when you put very nice-looking omnibuses on your shelves, folks. It's a comic thing. <laughs> Come on now. Cleaning porn. <laughs> this uh, has gone off the rails. <laughs> Dead man, you've gone very silent when we start talking about porn. <laughs> no, I, I talked about porn a lot in, in my last podcast I recorded. I'm also just kind of refreshing myself on the book I'm going to talk about next. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Fair go enough. ahead. I'm done t- saying fuck DC for this one thing in particular. All righty then. So, <laughs> uh, 
Let's talk about fence. <laughs> I'm sorry. So fence. Oh God. Touche. Yeah. So fence is a book uh, from Boom Studios, uh, written by C.S. Uh, Picat. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. I'm sorry. And uh, Johan and drawn by Johanna the Mad. That's her official credit. Okay. And it's the closest thing to a sports manga I've ever read in Western comics. Specifically, it reminds me very much of the beginning joke of Haikyuu. So, for those who don't know, Haikyuu is a volleyball manga anime series um, about two, right. about two okay. main characters. One of them, Hinata, he is not very skilled, but he has like great athletic reflexes and can just kind of like fucking move around like nobody's business. And then Kageyama, who is the fucking bee's knees hot shit fucking big dick asshole who's the best at everything. Uh, the two of them meet at a junior high volleyball tournament, and Kageyama beats the fuck out of them. But Hinata, throughout the entire time, is like, yeah, we can still fucking win this. We're not done yet. The ball hasn't dropped. And then you get to the end, and and Hinata's like, hey, one day I'm going to beat you and be the best in all the world. Cut to him entering high school and running to the gym to go join the volleyball team, and there's Kageyama. He went to the same school as him, so they end up becoming teammates. In this, uh, we are following a dude named Nicholas. Nicholas Cox, I believe is his name. Let me just double check that again. Yep, Nicholas Cox. Uh, he is a fencer, but he is kind of a like shit tier fencer. Like, like with fencing, it's very much like, oh yes, I'm a hoity toity. I went to a private school where I was taught how to sword fight. <laughs> and that's how like French stereotype. <laughs> and yeah, that's how almost every other character acts. Is he blonde? Uh, no, he is uh, brown hair. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, like the first time they meet, like the, like the first time uh, that Nicholas Cox like, enters a fucking fencing tournament, uh, he, some dude approaches him and starts talking shit because his shoes are dirty. So, you know. But yeah, and then he meets, um, and then he goes up in his first match against a, against a dude named Seiji, who is the bestest. And he and Seiji defeats him fifteen to nothing. Oh wow! Fencers or sabers? Um, fencing. It's yeah. It was going for touches and stuff. Like I think they were. Um, I I, I don't know a lot about fencing terms. Hmm. In, with sabers, you can you can hit, hit with the point, but you also get points for hitting with the side of the blade. Fencing with fencers, it's just the tip. I think it's just. I think it's just fencing. Just the tip, eh? Yeah, because because every time he scores a point, his sword bends. I'm, yeah. I'm sure, yeah, you have to explain your sword play to your girlfriend at some point, Nico. <laughs> we play just the tip all the time. <laughs> Go on. So anyway, yeah. So he, yeah. So Nicholas Cox gets schooled and then ends up going to a very fancy private school as part of his uh, as part uh, on a athletic scholarship to join the fencing team. When he gets there, he's like, yeah, I'm going to find Seiji. I'm going to be the fuck out of him. It's going to be great. Turns out he's roommates with Seiji. Yeah, so this is literally the high Q joke. Yeah. They even react the same way. Like, how can I beat you if we're on the same team? And then, yeah, from there, it just works like a fucking sports thing. Like, they're already in a tournament to try to determine who will be the mainstays of the team going forward. 
And the whole thing is like, yeah, Seiji is the best at everything, but he's also a fucking prick. Nicholas, he has the talent to do it. He just hasn't been taught properly because his coach was a part-time asshole. But now he's going to school with like a proper coach. And like even Seiji was like, yeah, there's something there. I think I might just be imagining because he's because I beat him and he is too shit to be any good, but he looks like he's getting better. Hey, I just met you, and this is crazy, but you're a good fencer, so fight me, maybe. <laughs> Basically. And we, we even got the thing of, like, like yeah, this yeah this dude, this fucking first year is hot shit, so the fucking older students have to come in and show him his fucking place. And he does that by constantly attacking his psychological weak points to the point that he just starts fucking up more and more and more. Because, you know, that's a, that's a likable character. That's not literally an enemy team in most sports anime. Do they somehow say sweep the leg? Uh, no, they don't do that. Is it as good as Slam Dunk? Never had Slam Dunk. I would hope it's better than Slam Dunk. Slam Dunk is a very boring basketball manga. I'm liking this. Um, the art style is... The art style reminds me of like a hi-fi fight club or something like that. Of these like kind of twee-esque series where it's where it's about like where it's very much about these these characters are meant to be shipped but it works it's it, it, has, a lot, it has a lot of personality to it they're able to get a lot of the technical details of what i assume is technical details about fencing right i would have to read it to, I, I saw the first volume of this at the comic store when i was there a couple of days ago i didn't buy it because i was like i don't particularly want to read a western fencing comic but Whatever, I might try it. Just yeah, this, it. this seems like it was written by dudes who, this seems like it was written by somebody who very much likes sports manga. Yeah. And not like that guy in the 90s who was like, you know, JoJo's a great thing, but we can't distribute it, so I'm just going to rip it off. Oh, no, this this is very much, I like, like, I like sports manga. There's not, I, there's nothing really over here like that. How about I do that with fencing? <clears throat> yeah, fair enough. And yeah, something I noticed that is really just not that much of a thing. Uh, the covers are kind of boring, where it's just like a dude in front of a white background. But for the first five issues, the number of dudes in the cover equals the issue number. <laughs> yeah, issue one is one dude, Nicholas Cox. Issue two is two dudes, then three dudes, then four dudes, and five dudes. And then once they get to issue six, then they just kind of go back to just doing whatever. Because it would get kind of ridiculous. You get up to issue 20, there's just 20 dudes on camp. There's just 20 dudes That's- in frame. That that's one way of being. Then they get, the, then they get the series more intense. Two hundred, and they're all trying to fight each other. No, it's and one. They, it's one fencing Jordan. dude made up of two hundred dudes fencing each other. Sorry, they, so, they, they do like a George Perez levels of oh my god, <laughs> how do you break your wrist? How do you not break your wrist? Yeah. Wait, are you are you telling me this is an ongoing? This isn't a. This isn't a. I think it's series? an ongoing. Yeah. Yeah. Holy as far shit. as I know, it's an ongoing. Oh shit. I, but I honestly, mean, hey, Miraculous t- Little Ladybug and Cat Noir is also an ongoing, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I should also say, uh, this is a Boom Box release, not a not an official Boom Studios oh, release. Oh, okay. I honestly just, when I heard about this, and excuse my laughing earlier when you mentioned it, it's just like, I just don't know where the audience for this type of book is. But like you said, the it's audience like is dudes manga. like me who are in the sports manga. Right, right. Yeah, well, Which, also, I get the impression that this was probably, uh, when you said Boom Box, that probably means that kind of like. Other other indie or larger studios, Boom also has like a a alternate uh, what's the term um, imprint that they use for like newer writers 
to like test the waters for stuff. Probably. That way they don't have to invest that much and they can just like, okay, we will publish this for you, but don't expect like a whole lot of marketing or anything. Yeah, yeah and, I, and this feels and this feels like it is very much a book written by a Tumblr crowd. Mm. Like like So lots lots of pure cock metaphors. Uh no not, not really cock metaphors, just um like one of the characters, uh the the shitbag who kinda like beats Seiji by just talking shit to him all the time. Um, when he's kind of introduced for real, he is being introduced telling somebody he had sex with last night to not bother him anymore. Okay, what a douche. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, but the like guy that. he had sex with is like, yo, that dude's dick is awesome. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so almost literally written by Tumblr at that point. Yeah, yeah kind of. But anyway, oh, yeah, Fence, it is, it, is, it is decent. I would actually recommend huh. it. Okay. If you've ever thought about like, hey, I like I like sports manga, this could actually work for you. Yes, yeah, so that's what I got. Nico. <clears throat> I'm gonna talk about a book called uh Checkmate, not the DC organization, the secret organization Greg Rucco wrote, but it's about chess. No, I'm just joking. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one that found that funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. I still can't get over the whole. There's a book about fencing. I still find it funny, but that's pretty awesome. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna talk about Deadpool. All right. Uh, so Deadpool, like I talked about earlier, is one of the few comics that's actually not gonna be ending because Deadpool's gonna go on fucking forever with the way things are, but. Uh, series writer are going to change uh, or the series are going to end. There's a few of them coming up and Jerry Duggan's been writing fucking Deadpool for a few goddamn years now. Uh, so uh, he he first started off with Brian Posehn and then Brian Posehn left and like, he was co-writing with him and then Jerry Duggan took the reins and he's written... Fucking, like, I don't know, like 100 issues of Deadpool probably at this point, And I've read it throughout the whole time. Uh, and I've liked his run. We've talked about it a few times on the show before. Uh, me and Deadman and also Birdie, I remember you also, you talked about um, that whole Sheikla vampire crossover. One that right, missed. yeah. And that mm-hmm. that was great. Um, I forgot what that was called in particular, the Sheikla one. Um, that uh, was, Dead Man. What was the story where Dead where Deadpool met his wife was? Uh, Deadpool, in, Deadpool Infinite. Mm, yeah, I yeah. Think, I think it was an online comic at first. Yeah, and then yeah, it was I think there was some name for the storyline. Besides, I mean, I'll look it up. I'm you, looking yeah. up right now, Nico. <clears throat> but that was that was a highlight of his the run. Gauntlet. Uh, yes. Yeah, the Gauntlet. Yeah, yeah. That was a big highlight of his run. I thought, um, but. Uh, Dead Man, as I was just talking about the fact that this is issue 299 of uh, D- Despicable Deadpool now it's called, uh, since the renumbering and uh, of Jerry Duggan's long, long time on this book. And yeah, he's been, there since the, he's been there since the relaunch. Yeah, it's um, it's yeah for a few years now and he's uh, he's coming to an end with issue 300, the next issue after this uh, and this last storyline while it isn't anything too, too original, I would say, in the fact that Deadpool is once again trying to get himself killed, which is something Daniel Way tried back back in, uh, on his run in Deadpool, which I wasn't a huge fan of Daniel Way's stuff, but I liked some of his stuff. 
I didn't like the whole run, but I thought that was pretty much where I started with Deadpool when I got back in the comics. Uh, he was the writer at that time. Uh, so yeah, he uh, also did something towards, I think, the end of his run where Deadpool went out of his way to try to get himself killed. And this essentially is in the same vein as he's also trying to fuck with people like bad guy. He put out a hit on himself, like um, basically like um, John Wick uh, at the start of this arc where he basically sent out a thing to all, like, hitmen in the Marvel Universe to basically take him out. So, like, people like Taskmaster uh, Master and, um, what's his name, uh, Bullseye and stuff basically came yeah. hunting for him. And it, it, I just think it's created, like, a lot of really funny moments as it's amping up to the conclusion of this. So while the idea for this last arc isn't the most original thing ever, I think it really put, it's really coming to a great close as Jerry Duggan's uh, finishing his run. Um, and yeah, he's the thing I think what I'll remember from Jerry Duggan's run on Deadpool that I like the most is the fact that while not there was jokes throughout the whole thing, of course, but not to the point where it was jokey just to be jokey. There was a lot of fucking dark, serious stories that Duggan actually wrote for Deadpool throughout this run, too. And not only that, he created a very diverse and interesting cast of characters, uh, you yeah. know, uh, along Which the way. Which is what I'm hoping we'll get out of the Deadpool 2 movie. Yeah. Right. Um, Apparently, Early Buzz says that the girl, that the lady playing Domino is probably the best part of the movie. Uh, I, was, I, was, I, was, I, li- I was hoping it'd be Peter. I, I like her on Atlanta, uh, so it's the same oh, that's where she's, oh, so she's actually a comedian. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she, I like her on that show. I mean, at least the look of Domino isn't the same as the comics for at least in the trailer well, yeah but because it's a white chick versus a black chick i don't mind that yeah it's not essentially only, a, it's essentially just like you know in inverse colors mm-hmm. I don't, no no but not just to say it's white black thing i don't even think like did, I, I didn't see too many things in the trailer though but did did she have the whole eye thing going on in certain areas yeah, like yeah yeah okay yeah, yeah. One, of okay. Eyes has, one of her eyes is like a white circle around it as opposed to the black circle <clears throat> okay, I didn't see that then uh, from what I saw. Okay, yeah. so fair enough. Um, plus, but anyways, plus, she, plus she fell yeah. into a truck and shot six guys with one bullet. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, lucky. <laughs> yeah, that's her Luck is power. not a superpower. <laughs> <laughs> and it's certainly um, not cinematic. So yeah, so yeah, when it's all said and done, that's probably what I'll remember about Duggan's uh, run the most. And, and, and the part... I had to mention this issue in particular because, like I said, if we don't talk about the finale of the next issue, I just wanted to mention one more time before he leaves the book. Scotty Young's the new writer on the book who I think is going to have a good voice for this uh, character. Oh, Scotty. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's actually turned out to be... I hate good, Fairyland, d- Scotty. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you for what I was So, like, about. if he brings that same, like, Looney Tunes type humor, like, to this type of thing, I think it's going to be very successful because he's... Yeah. He's turned out to be a decent writer, and, and, and he's already a great artist. So I think he's he's kind of you know he's doing good on both fronts. So, um, so yeah, but he's going to be writing it, and um, the thing that made me laugh laugh hysterically in this particular issue with Jerry Duggan is. Um, he sh- this is all kind of dealing with the fallout of uh, Steve O. Rogers, as they're calling him in this, as the bad Steve Rogers of the Hydra. Uh, you know the whole secret fucking whatever that Empire event, um, which Deadpool was probably. <sighs> I didn't read that fucking event, but Deadpool was actually one of the highlights. I think of it. I only read a couple of titles that he killed Coulson. I- yeah, and which, everybody's which, mad about it. Yeah. Yeah. Which oh, is Dead shit. Man. Um, 
Quick thing, I was, I've been playing this game on my phone called uh, Marvel Strike Force, okay. which uh, it has a plot on it, which basically has a villain who enters multiple dimensions, mind controlling heroes and villains to do his dirty work. So at one point, when they come across a Captain America who hasn't been brainwashed, Spider Man's like, "Oh, thank God!" Uh, the the hero, the American hero, is fighting against an organization called Hydra. Everything's right with the world. And then Black Widow's like, you know, we've got our own evil cap right now. It's, yeah, I know, but he's not going around saying, like, hail Hydra or anything. That'd be stupid. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck that book. And it was. Yeah, and, 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 you know, I only said that to say, like, yeah, I, I agree, fuck the Secret Empire, but I thought the tie-ins... Uh, even though he did end up killing Coulson, the fact that he already had that relationship with Captain America and, of course, whatever Captain America said he was going to do because they established that relationship between this book and him inviting him into the Uncanny Avengers uh, team, which Duggan also wrote at that time. Yeah. I just thought I thought that whole part of it was interesting and actually made sense for this book. And actually, the fallout of it was way more interesting for Deadpool than anything that the actual Secret Empire event did. <laughs> for me, at least. I didn't read it, but... Um, yeah, one but, thing that yeah. really bugs me about all that is how they have very much taken Deadpool's daughter and turned her against him. Yeah. That was shitty. Like, that was because one of the things I really liked about that. Like, it was actual character growth for Deadpool. And then they just go like, oh, yeah, you did a bad thing because Captain America told you to. <clears throat> doesn't matter if he was e- doesn't matter that he was fucking whatever. You did a bad thing. So I hate you now because my mom, this robot, told me to. Yeah, it just really sucked for Deadpool, though, because yeah, he's he been got, a good dad to her. Yeah, he, he got dragged through the mud numerous times during this run with Duggan to actually have a relationship with her. And then to turn around and have all that shit happen to him, it was pretty tragic. <laughs> so, yeah, like yeah, future no, stuff like future Ellie, I can understand her shitting on the Deadpool 2099 because, version. Yeah, yeah, because you're like, yeah, that's the thing. But like child her who is like, hey, dad. You're my dad. Mm-hmm. My mom's fucking dead. Like, have, to have her go from like, hey, I cut your finger off. That's funny. Like, I pulled my finger joke. Yeah, yeah, I like having you around, dad, to I never want to see you again, you degenerate fuck. Come, robot mom. Let us, uh, let us evacuate from our own backyard. Yeah. No, and, and where the fuck's Evan? Yeah. Well... Are you are you up to date with this? Because there that there was that whole cable story where cable basically the evil cable came back and he tried to get him to kill Evan previous to this storyline. He strife? had to kill it. Yeah, strife. That's his name. Yeah. Uh, he basically he there was a storyline before this final one where strife came and he tried to get him to erase five people from his presence so he can fuck cable up and Evan was one of them. But he didn't actually kill him. He yeah, just of course pretended he did. like he why, did. Why would he kill yeah, Evan? No. He loves Evan. Evan's yeah. The best. So yeah, I love Evan too. But Kid Apocalypse for anybody who doesn't know. But um No, so he, no he's Genesis, man. Come on. Don't ever forget yourself as right. Kid Apocalypse. He changed his name. I know he doesn't want to be associated with Apocalypse, but No, the he, funniest... no Deadpool doesn't want to associate with Apocalypse. Like he was like, Yeah, I am an right. Apocalypse, and Deadpool's like, yo, fuck that noise. Yeah. No, I know. I... We're gonna hang out, you're gonna jerk off, I'm gonna come back later. <laughs> he did say that, yeah. <laughs> 
that's what he was crashing with him. Yeah. Uh, the funniest moment in this issue, though, was the fact that he showed up and uh, Shield or whatever the Deadpool task force is having a meeting that, and they're trying to discuss how they're going to take down Deadpool. This is all the people that Steve Rogers has basically put together to end up taking him out because. In this last arc, he's trying to take him down because of, you know, what he did and the fact that he's like, fuck you, dude. It's not my fault. Like, I thought you that was you. But yeah, it it's literally, evil it's literally Cap's fault. Right, right. So he's trying to take him down, though. And meanwhile, he's going to tr- he's trying to get himself killed. And he walks into this basically this this task force that's having a meeting, and he's dressed as Hawkeye. So, and he's dressed as like the Mad Fraction Hawkeye. So he has all these bandages all over his face, and he's like, he's like, sorry, I'm late, Maria. And he's like, Maria Hill, and she's like, oh, it's okay. Hawkeye, Hawkeyes are always late. And he's like, what? Listen, you see all these bandages on my head? You know what that means? I get hit in the head a lot. Captain America doesn't listen to me. You shouldn't either. And he just says, potatoes. Sorry, head injury. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, she, and then like, Maria Hill like starts looking at the other agent. She's like, something's not right here. And then Wait like all a of a sudden... And then so, and that's Kate, I don't know why I thought this was so funny. It just made me it die. I died. Then Kate Bishop and Hawkeye, the actual Hawkeye, walk in the room, Clay Barton. And he's like, you can't be serious. What the hell? And he's like, look out. It's a scroll. And he starts to shoot him. And then, and then his arrow, and then his arrow misses him completely, and just hits the wall like, like adjacent to him. Oh God! <laughs> and then from there he like chase him, and they just like they they fly out the window, and they're in a fight. <laughs> I don't know. It's the fact that he showed up and he had like a mask on, he was trying to look like him. <laughs> it made me laugh, as you could tell. I, I'm laughing right now talking about it. It was a great fucking scene. And, uh, and uh, yeah. Other than that, though, at the end of the issue, Adsit, who's now been working for the Guardians of the Galaxy in Duggan's um, Guardian series, he. Agent Adsit, who was also a big part of Duggan's run in Deadpool, he um, he's working for the Nova Corps now, and he. He uh he basically found out that um Coulson and Preston, uh the one who was a robot that you just mentioned was yeah. uh a shield agent as well, are both dead as a uh, as a result of all this. So he's like, fuck this, I'm going to Earth. So Adsid is now on his way back to Earth to basically take out Deadpool. Captain America is ready to take out Deadpool, and at the end of this issue, Captain America uh reaches out to somebody who helps him rebuild Preston and Preston's alive at the end of this issue and now Preston is coming it's going to help Captain America get to Deadpool so it's all coming to a head next issue in issue 300 Preston Adson and Cap are all basically going to take Deadpool down apparently so yeah I know it doesn't sound like a promising ending but overall I've really enjoyed Duggan's story and the humor along with it and I I, I think I don't know have you You've read a lot of his uh, run this whole time, right, Deadman? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, 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 it's one of the better Deadpool runs, I'd say. I'm not a huge, huge Deadpool person prior to this, but um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's been really good. It's just that whole idea. Yeah, I, I will agree with that in the sense that I think that the best era of this run was during the time that Sheikla was in the book. Yeah, I think that. Everything was clicking at that time because Deadpool w- got along with all these characters. He was he was with all them prior to him starting up the Mercs with money. I think once the Mercs with money part of the storyline started up, it started going a little downhill. Please, from there. it's the so, Mercs for money. Whatever. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so yeah. 
Anyways, but overall, though, I think it, it, it's been a, a pretty decent run. Uh, so, yeah. All righty, then. Yeah. Does it for what we're reading, then? On to news. So, first up, uh, Marvel is teasing their next event. Oh, God. <laughs> it's called Infinity Wars. Of course it is. And they're teasing it with an image of some dude or lady, I don't know, called Requiem. It's an image of a person with a fancy magic sword. Stand there. says, Death Incarnate. Who is Requiem? Their face is blacked out. But they wait, we still see their stupid goggles. They look like a rejected Darksiders character. <laughs> well, you know, 90s nostalgia is in, Dead Man. Yeah, I... Mm, and, uh, Moving along. That, that, that's all that was. It's a fucking Marvel tease for a goddamn fucking piece of shit events. But I thought they weren't doing events for a year. Well, I thought, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Very mean tonight to me, Dead Man, on this podcast. Yeah, I am. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? I'm not going to take this. What are you going to do about I'm it, off. I'm walking off the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, out of here. <laughs> so, remember last year... Oh, I read this. Yes. Okay. Yeah, go on. <laughs> yes, I read this article. When DC started putting like digital codes in their books to like compensate for the price increase. Vaguely. So they did that. It would be anybody who bought a anybody who bought one of the DC books priced at three ninety nine uh would get a would get a code that would give them a digital copy of the book as well as a physical copy. Uh so that in case the book gets damaged or whatever, they'd still have a copy. Yeah, no, uh, DVDs, well, they're pretty Blu-rays do the same thing now, so it's not that uncommon. Yeah, uh, they're stopping that. Of course they are. It's been a year. But well, of course. the books will still be three ninety nine. Oh, fuck you, drawing the line at two ninety nine, cocksuckers. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so, but they 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 have said that they will not be completely getting rid of all codes. Uh, there will still be free digital codes included with um, first issues, uh, select event books, annuals, and a couple other special ones that they haven't really talked so about yet. Just the books they want to push. Yeah, basically, uh, there hasn't been any um, confirmed titles yet. However, um, for for like these titles, um, include uh, yeah. So just kind of a big thing. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's fucking. It's fucking DC doing DC dumb bullshit. Fucking dick bags again. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Speaking of DC, they're they're getting a streaming app. <laughs> what like Netflix? Yep. Oh, fuck. Everyone's going to have one soon. Jesus. It's called All DC right. Universe, and it will be streaming out some shit. First up, there's the their thing- first up, there's their Titan series. Is Arrow going to be on there? Eventually. <laughs> uh, there will also be Young Justice Season 3, Outsiders, and an animated Harley Quinn series. Oh, god damn it. <laughs> No release date has been given for any of those, but they already announced a new live action thing coming to that service. 
a live action the- Swamp Thing special. Ooh. <laughs> I like Swamp Thing. You know, versus that 80s movie that Wes Craven made. <laughs> that one's funny. <laughs> yep. So it is a live action hour long TV series um, headed up by the director of the upcoming Aquaman movie, James Wan. Oh, God. <laughs> Less interested now. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got to say about this dead man. Yeah. Yeah, so Juan is producing the show um, through his Atomic Monster imprint, I guess, alongside Warner Bros. Television. The official description of the show reads, quote, When CDC researcher Abby Arcane returns to her childhood home of Homa, Louisiana, in order to investigate a deadly swamp-born virus, she develops a surprising bond with scientist Alec Holland, only to have him tragically taken from her. But as powerful forces descend on Homa, intent on exploiting the swamp's mysterious properties for their own purposes... Abby will discover that the swamp holds mis- holds mystical secrets, both horrifying and wondrous, and the potential love of her life may not be dead after all. So from the looks of it, this is going to be a Swamp Thing series focused on Abby Arcane. He is the love of his life. She is, I mean. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sure is. Yeah. Probably won't be probably won't be as hot as who played her in the Wes Craven movie. What did play in the Wes Craven movie? Uh she's one of the screen queens. I'm trying to remember her name. Um Adrian Barbeau. Hmm. What would be cool is if they they uh keep to the original Alan Moore stuff and uh <laughs> John Co- John Constantine shows up and uh you know, does it with Abby. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sweetie. DC fucks birdie? Alan Moore. No, he, he's <laughs> talking to you because you're suggesting that DC would do something that Alan Moore did. Yeah. Don't, don't call me sweetie. <laughs> he calls me honey. Oh, so yeah, this will be the third attempt at a, at a fucking Swamp Thing television series. The first one being a series that ran on the USA Network in the 90s that lasted for three seasons. Then there was that cartoon pilot where they just re- they remixed a 60s one-hit wonder song for the theme song. Exactly. It lasted for five episodes. Do you know what we're talking about, Nico? I know about the Wes Craven one. I don't know about this other one. They made a cartoon in the mid-90s of Swamp Thing. And you know that song, Wild Thing? Oh yes, I have seen this on I have seen this on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking. They remixed that. Yeah, for Swamp Thing. <laughs> yeah, I have seen that. Yes, you are amazing. <laughs> I have seen that actually. Yeah, <laughs> you make everything <laughs> nasty. It's terrible. <sighs> Early '90s cheapo. Same people that Sorry. made Street Sharks. I was just, oh, I I like Street Sharks. (laughs) I did like Street Sharks. Oh, God. (laughs) Wasn't there that, what was that other one? Bikers from Mars, the rats? Biker Mikes Uh, from Mars. Yeah, that's it. Biker Mikes from Mars or Extreme Dinosaurs. Right. (laughs) Oh, man. There's one about, like, radioactive hamsters, I think. I don't remember that. (laughs) Anyway. Then there was the one about the pets of DC heroes. Yeah, Super Pets. There was Sparky the Cat, Ace the Bat Hound, Beppo the Wonder Monkey. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, fun piece of news. Talked about it a bit earlier, but uh, yeah, so 
release schedule is switching up for Doomsday Clock. Oh, okay. Yeah, Doomsday Clock 5, originally supposed to be coming out on May 23rd, was pushed back to June 20th. And Doomsday Clock 6, originally set for release on July 18th, was then pushed back to August 29th. Then, oh. shortly after uh, all this news came out, uh, DC then doubled down and switched up the shipping date from for Doomsday Clock number 5 from uh, June 28th to May 30th. Oh, okay. So they are not pushing it back to bi-monthly almost at this point, like you mentioned earlier. Okay. Huh. Uh, but then, but then, Doomsday Six will also be stay, will also be staying until uh, will also be releasing in August. Holy shit! So it's gonna be three months between. Uh, wait, May, Ju- June, July. Oh yeah, yeah, so three months. Two, just shit. Okay. This thing's getting fucky. Yeah. So, Dead Man. Let's talk about the article I posted. The headline is the is the most interesting th- thing about this article when I read it. <laughs> Look, obviously, we're thinking. <laughs> so, so it's from the Guardian. Yeah, the headline a respected British newspaper. Yeah. The headline reads: Frank Miller. I wasn't thinking clearly when I said those things. <laughs> He's talking about the Holy Terror days in this article. It's yeah. it's pretty. The tag of the article then reads. After stirring up outrage lambasting Muslims and Wall Street protesters, the Dark Knight Returns creator has been AWOL from the comics world. He discusses the mentor who got him back on his feet, what he thinks of Donald Trump, and his new prequel to 300. All above an image that appears to have shifted his face 12 degrees to the left. <laughs> no, but then All the it, drinking it, will do that. <clears throat> the, one of the other funnier parts I thought of the interview is... Well, actually, the fact- actually Dead Man, you'll like what he says about Donald Trump. Yeah, he says uh real men stay bald. Yeah, that's that was about to say that. Yeah. That's ex- and he like points to his head or something. Like yeah. he takes his hat off. Real yeah. men stay bald. <laughs> As he takes off his hat and just points to the like yeah. weird syphilitic growth that is yeah. happening in the center of his forehead. But specifically the part of the, the article I wanted to mention, Dead Man, is this. Miller's politics seemed to become more eccentric as his drawing did the same. In twenty eleven <laughs> he published what be called a propaganda comic. Holy Terror, a gory tale of the caped superhero taking on Al-Qaeda. In one scene, the hero tortures a suicide bomber as his Catwoman-ish girlfriend observes that she's okay with that. It's just one of the books of the one of the book's many other acts of gory revenge on Miller's Muslims, who stone and behead people and scream, Praise Allah! Readers and critics responded with bafflement and anger. One critic called it one of the most appalling, offensive, and vindictive comics of all time. Uh, that same year, Miller went on a tirade against the Occupy Wall Street movement, describing it in blogs as a pack of louts, thieves, and rapists. Wake up, pond scum. America is at war against a ruthless enemy. Maybe between bouts of self-pity and all the other tasty tidbits of narcissism you've been served up in your sheltered, comfy little worlds, you've heard terms like Al-Qaeda and Islamicism. Miller himself then goes on to respond to when he said these things in a recent article saying, My stuff always represents what I'm going through, Miller says today. Whenever I look at any of my work, I can feel what my mindset was and I remember who I was at the time. When I look at Holy Terror, which I really don't do all that often, I can really feel the anger ripple out of the pages. There are places where it is bloodthirsty beyond belief. I don't want to go back and start erasing books I did. I don't want to wipe out characters in my own biography, but I am not capable of that book again. Oh boy! <clears throat> Meanwhile, if anybody read Dark Knight: The Master Race, there was some horrible depictions of people in that fucking book. But he, he didn't just did write that. A year that. Ago. 
he co-wrote it with Azarello, and he drew some of it. Yeah, and so it, the that, idea that is, was still his book. Yeah, yeah. So there this is some, not this is not quite on the same level as when um, Mark Millar looked at Man of Steel and said, "Oh God, what have I done?" Right, and thus created Huck. But it seems to be going <clears throat> the same direction, kind of. It's almost as if he's making an attempt to wipe clean the fact that he said all these horrible fucking things and the years of fucking work that is still out there by by going against Trump, making some jokes about Trump in this article yeah. and basically saying, like, I wasn't right in the head. Yeah, but well, I mean, be, because the, the, he knows he just signed a deal with DC for five more fucking projects. Like, he needs yeah. people to read and his he has stuff. A, he has a Netflix fantasy series he's apparently right. work on based on the Arthurian legend. So I think this is basically him just basically trying to cover up some trying of the Trying to backpedal. It's like, hey, I'm yeah, not totally exactly. racist. Still pay me money. Yeah, that's yeah, all we'll this see. is. I like, can't oh, afford strippers that, anymore. The part that led me to believe it might be more genuine is when they add in a bit from apparently his mentor, Neil Adams, who was the guy who brought him into DC in the first place because apparently his daughter felt sorry for him. Mm. That's a weird story. But basically... Adams told him around the time Hollywood Terror came out, I told him he was white trash and I'd be surprised if he makes it six months because he's taken his life and ruined it and he said well I'd like to show you I'm not that way and I said if you recover I'll see you in six months maybe a year I think of you like a son and I'm gonna lose you Neil Adams is fucked now anyways Neil is also fucked so the fact that they're pulling quotes from him it's kinda yeah I don't know I Maybe you know, it'll turn around. I don't know. I kind of like the story of the Persian Empire, so I might read Xerxes, but I don't know. Not if I he love, draws it. I love 300, to be fair. I love that book. I, t- I, think I tolerate that, 300. Not the movie, the book, though, that he drew and wrote. I really liked that book, actually, when I read it years ago. I did really like it. And and he's still a creator where I don't think I'm off of his shit completely. Like, I'll, I'm curious enough to check it out. But the fact that he's backpedaling here doesn't erase what he fucking said. No, this is did. not this yeah, is not yeah, the yeah, same yeah. level as when no. Mark Millar realized. No. I, I led to a world where, where Man of Steel seemed like a good idea, and that was a mistake, so I'll create Huck. Just right. to assuage my conscience. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It's interesting to say the least, but he obviously knew he fucked up. At least he's at least admitting it or tr- attempting to pretend like he is. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. It's anyway, strange. Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna do it for this week, everybody. Thank y'all for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks' time with episode of the DustorProds comic book podcast. In between now and then, though, we got shit. Hopefully less saying fuck you DC. Till then I'm dead. <laughs> I'm Birdie. I'm Nico, but I'm still upset no one laughed at my chest joke. <laughs> we will see you guys next time. <laughs>